Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Cincinnati. A woman accused of shooting her father has now been identified. With the Reds postgame report, good afternoon, I'm Sarah Elise. Breaking now, a daughter in Kentucky is facing some charges in connection to a shooting that happened on Monday. Now her father is recovering in the hospital. A woman is being held in the Grant County Detention Center after allegedly shooting her father Monday afternoon. The Grant County Sheriff's Office reports deputies, along with officers from Kentucky State Police and Kentucky Fish and Wildlife, responded to a call of a man suffering a gunshot wound to the chest. The man was airlifted to UC Medical Center for treatment. His condition and other details have yet to be released. I'm Sean McCormick, News Radio 700, WLW. According to Grant County Detention Center, 49-year-old Patricia Deering has been taken into custody as police are continuing to investigate this situation. And now let's get a check-in on your traffic and weather together. At this time, I'm not seeing any major accidents or delays, but if you do see anything, just give us a call at 421-6397. From the UC Health Traffic Center, UC Health's always-on research is pushing the boundaries of what's possible. Learn more at uchealth.com. A couple of accidents in your way, Ebenezer Road, north of Bridgetown Road, at Camp Ernst Road at Burlington Pike. I'm John Crawford on News Radio 700 WLW. Now, the latest forecast from the Advanced Dentistry Weather Center. Advanced Dentistry. It's true. A no-fear dentist experience is possible. Learn more at nofeardentist.com. Currently cloudy today with a high of 88. Muggy and a few showers for this evening. Fireworks forecast looks fine with a low of 68. Wednesday is partly cloudy. High 90. Few showers. More rain for Thursday. From your severe weather station, I'm 9 First Warning Forecaster Raven Richard. News Radio 700 WLW. The radar's all clear. It's now 88 degrees here in Cincinnati. In a Reds update, the team got it done again today, beating the Washington Nationals 8-4. to The Reds have now won 18 of their last 22 games and six series of their last seven. They're in first place in the NL Central with a half-game lead over the Milwaukee Brewers. The Cubs are in Milwaukee today to take on the Brewers with first pitch at 4-10. The Reds and Nationals are back at it tomorrow night in D.C. for game three of this four-game set with first pitch at 7-10. Our coverage getting underway at 610 with the inside pitch and ohio's governor is being praised the american cancer society is praising ohio's governor for putting kids in the state over big tobacco mike dewine's vetoed a portion of the new state budget that would have blocked local governments in the state from being able to enact their own laws regarding the sale of tobacco or vaping products republican leaders in the house and senate tried to stop cities from passing any laws that would be stronger than the states adopted but the governor said removing local regulation would encourage youth nicotine addiction and immediately undo years of progress improving public health he vetoed another measure in the budget as well over health concerns. He removed a law that would have allowed college students to decline vaccines required for enrollment or to live in a university dorm. I'm Brian Combs, News Radio 700 WLW.
In some more local news, two more Kroger locations have fallen victim to phony bomb threats. Stores in Hartwell and Woodlawn received threats yesterday, prompting evacuations at both stores as police continued to investigate and they had swept the buildings and they actually found nothing. A number of local Kroger stores, though, have received those bomb threats over the past month and in each case, officers found there to be nothing to them. Police say this is all part of a nationwide hoax and it's being running this summer. The FBI is trying to help track down those that are responsible. Meantime, firework shows can lead to actual fires, which is why some at-risk communities are changing things up this 4th of July holiday. ABC's Sherry Preston with more on some safer options. Sonoma County, California, Deputy Fire Chief Jason Poloni says no way to people putting on their own firework shows. Uh, seasonal fuels are very dry, uh, very receptive to fire right now, and there's an abundance of that fuel. They're going ahead with the fireworks this year, but in other places, they've opted for something different. Thousands of Americans are going to... Look up into the night sky this July 4th and see something they've never seen before. And that's a drone show. Heads in the Sky Drones co-founder Kevin Prince says several communities, including Boulder, Colorado, Salt Lake City and La Jolla, California, are all opting for it this year. He claims they're just as pretty, but quieter and safer. Sherry Preston, ABC News. This news was brought to you by Owner Operator Independent Drivers Association. It's now 3.06. Our next update here is going to be at 3.30. I'm Sarah Elise on News Radio 700 WLW. This report is sponsored by Blindster.com. Hi, I'm Kyle at Blindster.com, and I sell custom blinds designed for do it yourselfers. Unlike stock blinds offered at big box retailers, Blindster blinds are custom made for your windows and shipping is free. And right now, save 50% off any order during our July 4th sale. Blindster.com. What's holding you back from learning the language you've always wanted to know? Too hard. Takes too long. Not with Babbel. Babbel's lessons take just 15 minutes a day. 15 minutes is a... 100 WLW 309 on this July 4th. I hope you're having a great holiday. Eddie and Rocky, of course, have the day off. Jason Williams is headed for the hills. And so uh, I'm on my own. Got to do the work of two men, which is uh, not unusual for me. And I'm getting a little help today from my buddy Frank Marzullo who joins us on the phone. And uh, Frank Marzullo, it's great to have you here. Great to talk to you again. And I you know, I was thinking about it. I should have called yeah. you and had you co-host the show with me today. But, I mean, I know you're busy you sure over are. there. You're a busy guy at Fox 19. That's like, that, the, that is like the world's longest morning show, is it not, over at Fox 19? No, it is. Four, four, <laughs> I'm on from 4, well, 4.30 in the morning till noon. Every day. Nonstop. Every day. Now I do get I do get forty five minutes from eight to eight to eight forty five. Enough to go get a coffee and you know read the paper <laughs> or read my phone. <laughs> go to the bathroom. That's about it. But but <laughs> here, here's the thing. Happy July, buddy. Happy Fourth, uh, and, and thank you so much for being here. How are things? How's the family? Things are good. Just, yeah. How the boys? Family's good. I was yeah. just at, I was mowing the lawn. I was out there mowing the lawn. Oh, that's now. beautiful. That's so nice. I'm, I'm ninety degrees out there today. Oh yeah. Well, we had we I, I had a lunch. I grilled some burgers. I had some pasta salad. You know, watched the Reds game. Had a cold one. You know, it was. I did. I if you Google what to do on Fourth of July, that's what I did this afternoon. That's a that that that's a beautiful way to uh, to spend the day. But you know, I, I used to do a morning show when I worked in Dayton with our friend Megan Mongello. And oh, yeah. we And yeah. we were on we were on from uh, four in the four in the morning, and we did a little pre show before our four thirty show. So it was four yeah. four in the morning until uh, nine, and, and I thought that was a long show, and and that is a, a no. long time. It's it's like I tell people, I say, try to smile for 
uh, four or five or six hours straight. And then, yes. then you can let that go after that time is up, and and you and you can feel that relief. I mean, look, I, I, being on TV, I love you know the, working on TV is a great job. It's a great thing, not the hardest job in the world. But when you're, we're, we're, we're not we're not we're not doing open heart surgery over here. Yeah, you know, but, so but like, when but when you have to be on out and they get stressed out, I'm like, calm down. Yeah, when you have to be on that long, it's a, it's a relief at the end of the day when that show is finally over. It's, it's just all sort of drains out of you when that show is finally over. It does because I mean, and again, you're not doing manual labor or yeah. anything, but yeah, you are talking a lot, and you know, well, you know, I've always been like, if, if I'm um. If I'm kind of cranky, I'm like, I want to be cranky on TV a little bit. I'm not going to, you know, like start swearing. Stuff. I'm like, at this at this point, 17 years here, Dan, I'm like, you know what? This is what you get. Okay? You don't like it? Yeah, goodbye. But that's the thing. That's the thing about the viewers in Cincinnati when it comes to television. If If you are a little off one day or you are a little cranky, I think the viewers here respect that and they understand that. And you know you're not gonna you're not gonna be a hundred percent every single day, and I and I think that's yeah, the, the kind of special relationship that you develop with uh, as much time as you spend on TV here. Hundred hundred percent, buddy. Yeah, I mean the business changed a lot. You got you know you still know, people say oh do you should do it this way do it this way, but you got to look at where you're at, the city you're at, and you know viewers here are a lot different than you know let's say you know California or whatnot. But they're really watching it. There's still people who are still very invested in like getting their information. You know, yes, we have our phones. That's a nice compliment to it. Yep. You got to be in the, you know, on the digital platform. You got to be all over that stuff. Um, but at the end of the day, when you want live stuff happening, especially weather, you know, folks are coming back on it. They're not watching it, you know, on the tip, typical, you know, cable or whatnow. You get, you got your streaming and your YouTube TV and all that stuff. So, you know, I, yeah, I was, no, I was thinking about it in I'm the time in the time that you've been here. I don't know that you've seen a Reds team as on fire. As they are now, how much no, fun? How I much fun are you having the, following the Reds I every go day? Back, what 20, 2012 when they were on those streaks? And, yeah. You know, they had a couple playoff uh, appearances. Remember when Marty shaved his head with the uh, with the uh, oh gosh, um, oh, the, the the Dragonfly oh gosh, Foundation. Dragonfly. That, Dragonfly that was an absolute yeah, classic. Yeah. But no, I mean this team. I I've, I've watched it, and I have the YouTube TV. I can't get the darn game. Because you know all the you know the rights and the valley and all that. Anyway, so I uh, I found this one service. I keep, I have four different email accounts, so I keep signing up for the free trial, and I'll get it for a week, and then go to my other email and I can't <laughs> for a week. But no, I was watching. <laughs> oh, man, it's, you know, whatever. But uh, I was watching the I was watching the day, and they, I mean they're just they're just they're killing it. Jonathan India had a nice nice little run here today. He's been a little quiet lately, but he came on out. Nick Senzel. And good for him. He said how many seasons of injuries here yeah. over the last several. Good to see him. He got a nice home run. Uh, got some runs batted in here today. Three three uh, run home run. Uh, you've got uh, and, and then Dela Cruz. My gosh, that guy. It, hey, I he's mean, it, it's, it's a, steps and he's at home plate. It is it is amazing to watch that guy play baseball, isn't it? It it really it, is. It, it's it fun. really really is. It is fun. And then Joey Votto with his little thing he did last night. Yeah, I mean. It's, it's fun. It's fun. The fans are, you know what? I got you. Yeah, you can be a little grouchy. You can be a fair weather fan. Oh, whatever. You're you're back. You're 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 having fun, and you know you combine that with FC. You combine that with the hype. But the Bengals coming up. I mean, we've got some good stuff going here. Yeah, I actually I've got that I've got that audio of Joey Votto from last night after the Great. con man. Do we have that ready to go? It's only twenty seconds. 
Uh, not yet. Okay, we don't have it ready yet. That's all right. right. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, so tell me about. I, I looked up uh, today, and and thank God that we haven't had the the smoke from the Canadian wildfires. I think no, uh, how, nice. how much did the rain that we had overnight? I guess last night and and the night before. How much did that help? That rain that came through to uh, to knock that smoke down and clear it out of here. It did help out more so. It not so much the rain, but our winds. But earlier in the week, the winds were coming out of the north, uh-huh. the north flow, and that's what brought off the smoke. Now we've got this strong. I mean, you should see me right now. I'm on lunch. Sweaty flow out of the south, and that pushes the smoke away. So uh, the 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 north flow brought the smoke down, and now we've had this nice southern flow that's kind of kept it back to the north and to the northeast. So more so, I would say the wind direction than than any of the the rainfall. And that rainfall has been good. We needed some rain on the overnights, but, you know, it's still not super beneficial because it's been in those big type of thunderstorm forms, and those fall quick and just kind of run off. So Yeah, so um, it's, no, it's, people, it's I, the... I'm still watering my lawn. It's the wind more than anything else. That, uh, yes. Are we talking about, like, the upper jet stream, or, or is, is it... Yeah, just the flow of air out of the south. Yep. Yeah, the jet stream has been doing it. But, yeah, the, the, uh, primarily the jet stream has gone up a little bit now, so we've allowed warmer air to come in, but we've our winds have shifted out of the south, bringing in this warmer air, and so that just you know pushes it to the north a little bit more. Yeah. But that's been crazy. Earlier on this week, they had like 465 active fires in one day. They're over it's five. They're, it's over 500 now. Now, yeah, yeah I've, I've been off a couple. Of, I, I checked. <laughs> Dan, I'm getting older now. When I'm off, I check out. That's a, not, not wrong with that, but it's, it's over 500 now. Uh, are, yeah. are we expecting the, that wind change to bring another round of smoke our way anytime? I mean, are you, have you even bothered to try and forecast that yet? Yeah, no. Right now, right now, I think we're going to be uh, more clear than than anything. Just this hot, hazy sun. There is a front later in the week that may come through, and that may shift it going into this upcoming weekend. But right now, we're just you know we're in the dog. We're not dog days of summer, but we're in those yeah. July days. I like it. Uh, as far as I'm concerned. I'll take I'll take hot and humid compared to hot yeah. and smoky and humid any day of the week. Oh, absolutely! I, I yes, yes, because it's just it was dismal, and like I, I you, you breathe it in, you feel it out there. Just I don't know, and then the sun reflecting off all those particles makes your your. I mean, you still it looks cloudy, but it's not. You still can get sunburn. You got where that SPF and that UV index and all that jazz. Yeah, do, do you put on your sunblock when you're out there cutting the grass? I, I actually I did not this time. I, I went out real quick. I had a hat on though. I did have a hat on. <laughs> I've imagine. lost I've lost some hair on top. I need do, a new hat. Do you have Do you have a, a riding mower or do you have a uh, uh, oh, do you oh, walk behind? Push, push, but walk behind. Oh, uh, <laughs> you know the the, the 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 battery power. It's not that big of a lawn. All right. I don't know. What I, I was just I was just in, I was just envisioning you on your uh, on your Cub Cadet. Riding around, the line, riding around, around the with those big, the, grass. the big, huge headphones, you know, the, the big uh, ear, <laughs> earmuffs to keep the, yeah, oh gosh, well, growing up and up in Cleveland, we had three and a half acres, had a big John Deere tractor, drive that thing, cut the lawn. I would always get a cut, like out in the back, we had like the septic where it would get muddy and I would always yeah. get stuck back out there. So about 20 minutes in, my dad would come out all yelling, ah, just get off, I'll do it. I knew what I was doing. I got him to do it. Let's <laughs> see. I, I like that, Frank Marzullo. I mean, here's a guy who's not afraid of a little hard work. It's a it's a beautiful thing. I, I take it. I like a little landscape work. I take the plants that we just moved. 
a couple of months, like two months ago, or about a month ago. Yeah. And so, I, you know, I've been doing a little landscape work around the yard, and I like planning stuff. How's my buddy Stefano D.P. Trantonio? He's fabulous. Great. He just got back really fascinating, back from two weeks in Italy with, like, 15,000 of his cousins. They all went, and they tracked their ancestry to their village where their grandparents grew up and stuff. It was really interesting. How about that? Yeah, I, I mean, that's, a, that, that's, a, that's his native land. Yeah, that, 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 yeah, that's yeah, where he's, he's from. He's got those guy. those strong connections over there. Yeah, yeah. So Stefano is uh, is is definitely a great guy. So you had a few days off. Nice guy. When when yeah. are you when are you back, back on Thursday. Fox nineteen? Back on Thursday morning, Daniel. I'll, I'll, I'll enjoy some fireworks tonight. I can't take the kids there to Kings Island tomorrow. I don't know. Maybe do something. That sounds like a good idea. So you you could have hosted yeah. you could have hosted the show with me today. I feel terrible. I feel terrible about that. I didn't call you. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. You didn't call me. Well, I did send uh, you I said, did you send know. you a text message about four or five days ago, and you never returned it. Yeah, so. I know. And I, I, you know what? Something was wrong with my – honestly, I'm not making that up. So because I missed like three texts, four texts from other people, and then they, they responded back to their original text like you did, and that's when it popped up. I never, I never saw it. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm guilty of the same thing. People send me a text message, and I'm, I'm like, okay, I, I, I'm either driving or something. I, I cannot text right. and drive. I cannot text. I'm terrible at texting. I'm well, terrible at texting text, to begin with. Text and drive. I know. You know yes, yes. But I, but I think to myself, okay, I'm gonna as soon as I get to where I'm going, I'm gonna return this text, and then something comes up, and I don't do it, and then a day goes and the by, text, and then the voice text, nothing ever translates right. It's you know. I'm terrible. Sounds like you're drunk. You have all these run-on sentences, and you know, like, like, I'm just trying to voice text. You know, it's like making no sense. Oh my god! But no, it's good. It's been. You know, I think it's been. And what this weekend? I I know you're probably not a big Swifty, but uh, this weekend was great for the city, right? You had you had Taylor Swift, all those people downtown. And it sounds like the logistics went really, really well, traffic-wise and all that jazz. You yeah, had the Reds in town all weekend. It was a good time. My daughters were down there Friday. They loved it. They enjoyed it. Well, good for them. It, and it, they, it, no, it, this weekend was huge. We we had Steve Mooring on from uh, from the Holy Grail Banks down at the banks, yeah, and he was on guy. yesterday talking about it. And uh, you remember our buddy Steve Oldfield, don't you? Oh yeah, movie guy. Yeah, what's he? What's he, what's he, he doing out there? He's he's teaching classes at uh, at uh, Thomas More College, and okay. he's made a he, he's he's made a documentary film, and he had a gig this past weekend being like an on the scene reporter 
for Spectrum at the Taylor Swift events. So he is oh, going cool. he's going to be here in the five o'clock hour and tell us all about his big weekend covering Taylor oh, Swift. Tell, tell him I said hello. I, I will. I haven't, heard, I haven't seen that guy probably twelve 11 years. Yeah, but Steve nice Oldfield, he, he's terrific. In our olden days. Yeah, and, it, and it's amazing. Every time uh, there's a, uh, a movie star that's in the news or something like that, I call him up, and he's got a great story about him. So yeah. he, he comes on all the time, and he talks to, you know, when I'm doing my nighttime shows and stuff, and and, and he's great. And uh, Steve Oldfield is terrific, and he's going to be here in the 5 o'clock hour. So if you get a chance to listen yeah, to him. On, he was on with us ton, ton back in the day. Oh, yeah. the big one-niner. Yeah, hey, well, he, he took all those junkets. He he was the one eating up the travel That's budget, right. taking all those junkets to L.A. Yeah. and back. And now you now you just use the Zoom. No more junkets. <laughs> <laughs> That's unfortunate, isn't it? It is. It is. Uh, go uh, back to the olden days. You know, television is such, such a glamorous picture, business. Yeah. Your mom? Oh what? yes, yes. My mom sent. She sent me a picture today. My my brothers and I on the Fourth of July, nineteen eighty five. Nineteen eighty five. Oh my god. We had our short little swim trucks on, you know, our little uh, Izod shirt. That <laughs> <laughs> was um, funny. I was like, yeah, but that was the heck of the day. You, you go outside in the morning, you stay outside all day long. You come in at night. Well, that's you, the way. You sure. know where your fr- you, right. You know where your friends are because everybody's bikes are in somebody's front lawn or you know, on the driveway. It's nice. Those were the those were the days, weren't they? I mean, we're lucky. Are, we're lucky we, we grew up when we did. I really, I really, yeah, we are. I, I, I try to tell the, I, the boys, I'm like, just go out, go outside and play. And uh, do you do that? In. You say go out of the house, just be back, just be back oh, for yeah. dinner at, at five or five thirty tonight. Be back. Something well, like that. I, I, I do. Well, they have. He has his little watch, so I check in with him on his little watch. But oh, that's right. Yeah. I mean, and, but but you know, it, back then we didn't have that. Didn't even have self. Didn't even have pagers back then. No. This is. I mean, the yeah, you know, kids today, they gotta, they gotta understand. I mean, the, the things were way different. When and parents, like, I don't remember my parents ever, like, you know, I was, like, nine years old, just out, okay. I mean, they, they didn't really get mad at you if you didn't check it because you had no way to check it. So it's just like, you know, unless they hear an ambulance coming down the street, they think everything's fine. <laughs> <You know? laughs> All okay, right. They'll be back on later. All no, right. Well, okay, so, Frank, uh, we've got uh, my forecast here says muggy, muggy, muggy. And uh, how, how, yeah. how, how much longer is that going to hang around? It's going to stick around for the week here. Probably get some rain maybe Thursday into Friday. This Thursday, by the way, is the uh, anniversary of that Goshen tornado that hit last last year. Remember? Oh, yeah, sure, yeah. I remember that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah okay. this Thursday. So, yeah, probably get some rain, maybe a couple thunderstorms in on Thursday. But, uh, yeah, right now, just uh, just keep sweating. Keep sweating. you got to embrace the heat, I always say. Yes, hydrate for those fire, fireworks shows tonight. A lot of hydration going on. Frank, with that, we'll yep. let you go, buddy. It's been great talking to you. Thanks hey, for Jim. thanks for Good chiming in you. today. And uh, next no, time, nice, nice catch up. Next time, if I if I get stuck hosting the Andy Rocky show by myself, I'm going to call you up and and uh, and you have you. Me. All right, is that a deal? As long as it's not on Thanksgiving Day, Christmas Day, New Year's Day, <laughs> well, or, uh, it's going it's to be Memorial one, Day. It's gonna be one of those. <laughs> you're like, it's yeah, be one you're of checking, those. you're checking off all, you're checking off all the holidays, man. <laughs> hey, you know what? I'll give you. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll give you July. <laughs> All right, yeah. This this time next year, don't call me. I'll call you, right. Frank. You're okay. the you're the hey, best, man. Talking, buddy. I'll talk to you later. Thanks, Frank. There you go, Frank Marzullo. Unbelievable. We got to get to a break. Three twenty six. Dan Carroll for Eddie and Rocky on seven hundred WLW.
Hey guys, I've got a shocking secret for you us ladies like to do whether you're with us or not. In fact, some of us enjoy it more when we're doing it by ourselves. Listening to 700 WLW's live stream on the iHeartRadio app may be shocking for some people, but it's the perfect way to listen to the big one wherever you are. Let's face it. I can turn an app on as easily as a guy can. Listen to 700 WLW anywhere, anytime on the iHeartRadio app. Summer is here, which means your pets will be spending more time outside. Keep them protected in your yard with invisible fence. 700 WLW, it's 338 on this 4th of July holiday. Hope you're having a great uh, great holiday. Wherever you are listening to the radio, driving around at the uh, at the swim club, at the pool, in the backyard, got a little... A little barbecue going. And uh, if you feel like picking up the phone, 513-749-7000. 1-800-THE-BIG-1. Those are the numbers to call. Joey Chestnut has defended his title in the Nathan's Famous Hot Dog Eating Contest. And he did it today with only 62 hot dogs. You know, his record is 76. <clears throat> did that in uh, in 2021. Last year, he had 63. And really, he wasn't. He wasn't even challenged. Uh, the uh, we dialed up ESPN a little while ago, and they had live coverage. Uh, the The contest was delayed because of weather, and at one point they were getting ready to cut, uh, just cancel it altogether. But uh, looking at the video, it looks like it's a perfectly nice day at Coney Island where they have this in New York, and uh, those Nathan those Nathan's hot dogs are good. I got a package in the in the fridge right now. And we might uh, fire those up a little bit later on tonight. But um, they had some storms moving through the area, had to uh, delay the event. But uh, he got it He got it done, 60, 62 hot dogs today. So uh, he did 63 last year. <clears throat> the second-place finisher had 49, and the third-place finisher had 47. So really, not even much of a contest. Could he have downed 70 if he had to? Probably. They say he got off to a hot start eating five hot dogs with bun within the first 30 seconds. Think about that. Five hot dogs with bun in 30 seconds. And uh, with about five minutes remaining in the contest, Chestnut ate about 40 hot dogs and bun. At one point, he was eating nearly seven hot dogs per minute. Think about that. Could you do it? Connor, could you do that seven hot dogs in a minute? <laughs> he says no shot. Now there was a time when I th- I would have thought I might have been able to do that, but in reality, uh, probably not. Uh, Dave Hatter is going to join us after the uh, the news top of the hour. Been sending me a lot of emails lately, and uh, Dave Hatter just monitors all the all the crazy high tech stuff that's going on, and we'll talk about some of that stuff. After the uh, and and one has to do with business emails, another one has to do with how your car is keeping track of you, and all that kind of stuff. So we'll talk to Dave Hatter about that after the news top of the hour. Uh, I was talking to Frank Marzullo a little while ago, and uh, he's uh, very excited about seeing the Reds and the great streak that they're on right now. He's been in town seventeen years, and he he's seen a couple of good teams along the way, but I don't think anything like this. So he's very excited about that, and he mentioned at one point. The the audio or the interview that Joey uh, that Joey Votto had last night, he hit the uh, the home run that was a difference in the game last night, and then he did his interview with Jim Day on the field, 
And apparently that, uh, or at least a clip of that interview, has gone viral. And I saw it right before I came in today, and I sent the cut to uh, Connor. He's turned it around now. And so uh, here's uh, Joey Votto with Jim Day after their win against the Nationals last night. Cut number Coming two. Back from- you, like how you, you like my backwards hat and untucked jersey? I was going to. I was- Ellie and I do this. Ellie and I do this. We're young. We're hip. <laughs> this is what young, hip, hip, young, hip, young and hip people do. So, um, yeah, I've got a fresca sitting at home at the hotel. And I'll, uh, I'm going to play, uh, play some PlayStation tonight until 7 in the morning with him. So Joey Votto's young. He's hip. He's got his hat on backwards because that's what him and Ellie De La Cruz t- I mean, how how great of an interview is Joey Votto? I mean, it's it's unbelievable. And uh, he goes out and he just he gives it so good every time they put a mic up to him. But he's got his hat on backwards. I'm young, I'm hip, and I'm going to go hang out with Ellie De La Cruz and play video games till 7 o'clock in the morning. That sounds about right. We've got Bob and Hamilton, and let's see. I'll click that button right there. And Bob and Hamilton, I hope you're having a great 4th of July. Uh, it's a great day, Dan. I talked to you about uh, four or five months ago. Okay. You had a gentleman on with you that was playing country music. Um, Local it, guy. Well, oh, it, uh, was it Dan Varner? That's it. Yeah. And I called and talked with you guys about an album that I thought was one of the top country albums of all time, Radney Foster. I bought that disc for you. You said you had not heard of him. I have not heard of him. I bought that disc for you off of, um, uh, let's see, not eBay, but Amazon. A couple bucks. I want you to have it. How do I get it to you? Just uh, you can send it to the station. If you put it in the it's way. It's and that that's an interesting thing. We get so much mail here at 700 WLW. Yeah. And they and they stack it up over there in the uh, in the little kitchenette we have across the hall. And, and okay. uh, you look at some of those envelopes. And and some people all they write is seven hundred WLW on the envelope and put the name of you know either Bill Cunningham or Mike McConnell or Ken Brew or whoever it is, and the mail yeah. and the mail gets here. So if you, put, I mean, you can look up the address on that. on the internet, but if you just put my name on it and put it to seven hundred WLW and drop it in the mail, it'll get here. I guarantee you. I want you to have it, and uh, you'll be singing. They'll be laughing at you at the stoplights when they see you singing this <laughs> CD. Okay, well, Bob, Dan? I'm always interested in uh, in listening to new music, so I appreciate that. That's very that's very kind of you. I, I really appreciate that. Not a problem. Thank you very much, and have a great day. All right, Bob. There you go, uh, Bob from Hamilton, and uh, have a great day on this uh, July Fourth holiday. And I, I've got a piece here written by Scott Powell. Scott Powell's a guy that I've had on the show many time and many times, and he's had uh, he's written a piece that's an American thinker, really good, talking about uh, July Fourth and uh, why we should take the time to celebrate it. So we'll get to that a little bit later. But one of the big stories of the day right now is what they found at the White House. And this is one of those stories where, you, and look, I, I mean, I, you see all kinds of stuff. When you get ready for shows, I've been doing shows on, over on 55 in the morning, and you're researching and stuff for that all the time. And you see stuff, and you're just not sure that it's really a legit story. But you know, it turns out that there was cocaine discovered at the White House. <clears throat> and it did prompt an evacuation. This happened over the weekend. And so a lot of conservatives uh, have been trying to put two and two together. And they're saying, well, uh, Hunter Biden was visiting the White House. And somehow they discovered a baggie of uh, of cocaine. 
A preliminary field test found the substance to be cocaine, according to the Washington Post. The the, uh, discovery came soon after first son Hunter Biden's visit to the White House on Friday, after which he and his father left for Camp David, as Newsmax reported. It remains unknown to whom the substance belonged or how it arrived on the premises, though numerous conservatives have quipped that it must belong to first son Hunter Biden. Hunter is known to have struggled with substance abuse, though he and his family maintain that he has long since kicked his addiction and worked to turn his life around. And isn't that just great? And uh, and so I've looked up, there's uh, actually several stories on this. Let's see. Um, cocaine found at the White House. Hunter Biden may be the culprit. Oh, here we go. This is the one I'm looking for. Uh, left-wingers have floated an insane theory in response to this. And uh, it reads this. Red State reported a baggie of cocaine. A baggie of cocaine was found at the White House, leading to an evacuation of the grounds for fear that it was something more dangerous. Even while streets were shut down, the spin began post-haste. Most media outlets initially took the line that the baggie was found near the White House. Multiple reports described the substance as cocaine hydrochloride, suggesting it was the equivalent of a local anesthetic nasal spray used by very few dentists. The messaging was obvious. The administration and its compliant press allies wanted everything or everyone to think that the substance was medical grade and did not originate from anyone inside the White House. Of course, cocaine hydrochloride does not exist in powdered form as an anesthetic, and no medical version of the drug comes in a bag. In other words, what was found was just actually run-of-the-mill cocaine. We now know where it was found, according to the Washington Post. The baggie was located in the White House library. One of the first reactions. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you're ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Was at the White House Library as part of public tours and take place multiple days a week. Surely that means some random tourist left the baggie of cocaine laying around after somehow getting a past Secret Service. A quick look at the tour website, though, Show that shows that theory doesn't really wash. For starters, the last tour happened at 12.30 p.m. on Saturday. The cocaine was found on Sunday afternoon. Are we to believe that it just sat there on a table, similar, unnoticed by the cleaning crews and security sweeps over a period of 24 hours? Seems unlikely. 
Further, the current White House tour does not actually include entering the library. Rather, you look at the library through a hallway door before going up the stairs to the to the left of the room. Uh, the uh, the tourist uh, baggie of cocaine hiding in a secret spot in the library somehow, while not actually entering it, doesn't really seem all that likely. So. The theory is, is that uh, Joe Biden's son, Hunter, was at the White House, and he's, uh, of course, had his his struggles with drugs. And the theory is that, that he uh, may have left it there. I mean, who knows? We don't know what the answer to that is right now. But those on the left are saying that apparently we're to believe that John Jr. might have left the cocaine there. So uh, Don Jr., uh, who hasn't been in the in the White House for over two years, um, has never had any evidence of being addicted to drugs. Uh, never mind Biden spent a half million dollars cleaning the White House after the Trumps left. And surely they just missed a bag of cocaine lying around in the library. Probably didn't happen that way. So that's uh, that's really all the information I have on this story that is really continuing to develop on how a baggie of cocaine was found in the White House. And to my way of thinking, that sort of thing really shouldn't happen. There shouldn't be people who are on the staff at the White House <clears throat> or people who have access to the White House who are bumping around with bags of cocaine. So hopefully the media will stay on this and we'll be at some point we'll get to the bottom of this and find out how the cocaine got there who it belonged to and just what the heck is going on but again when i first saw it i thought it was a fake story but it turns out it's not really a fake story uh dick and dayton is checking in and uh dick and dayton have you played any gigs yet on this fourth of july holiday well good afternoon again Dan. no uh no they're going to come this week but I was now kind of worried when you were, you know, making that news. That's ridiculous at the White House. Where would they get something like that? Hey, you can't have people bumping around the White House with bags of cocaine. That just, um, no. I mean, I, no. I think I would think most Americans would frown on that. Oh, that is terrible. And it just gets, the story is like a, and they, he's just, he's looking like Joe Biden. And, and it's something's got to be done in our justice system about him, doesn't he? Well, uh, something something does need to be done, and uh, yeah. you know you keep turning a blind eye and and give people a slap on the wrist when they do do things. It uh, it, it doesn't serve you well in the long run. No. All right. No. It, hey, have a good one, Dick. Yeah, uh, you have yourself a great day, and then uh, thanks again for checking in. Always good to hear from Dick and Dave. Well, what else do we have going on? Uh, there's a senator out there who says we cannot avoid the biological differences between men and women. Uh, that is something that's real, although we uh, we live in a time when that is uh, not supposed to be real, and we're supposed to pretend otherwise. But I was when I was talking to Frank earlier, I mentioned the uh, the wildfires burning in Canada, and uh, really how the how it's mostly it, we're dependent on the wind blowing all that smoke down here. And uh, Canada does have a policy, it turns out, of letting fires in some remote areas burn uh, on their own. 
The government has also been overmatched by this year's record-breaking fire season. Uh, 32,000 square miles have been burned so far. And they say the number of fires, as of Monday, there were 584 active fires in Canada. And that is up from 501 last Thursday. And according to the Canadian uh, Forest Fire Center, 285 are considered out of control. So more than half of the more than 500 forest fires are considered to be out of control. 195 are said to be under control, and another 104 are being held. As the fires get put out, new ones keep starting. The country has seen a total of 3,255 fires so far this year and have burned an area roughly as large as the state of California. I mean, Canada's a big place. It has a landmass second only to Russia and has a population that is just one-ninth that of the United States. So they're short on manpower, short on money, short on equipment needed. And uh, some of the other stories I've been reading about Canada is that their forest management is really not all it should be. And that's why once these fires get started, they turn out to be the, uh, the, the complete and total disasters that they are. But I think all of us are glad that we're not having that smoke blown uh, into our area, at least for the time being. So we uh, certainly are thankful for that. Uh, it's 3.54. Got to get to a break. News coming up, top of the hour. And then we'll have a little chat with Dave Hatter, get all the latest tech news and all the all the ways you can get scammed and all the ways you can get spied on and all the ways you can be duped into giving away your personal information and your uh, and maybe your personal fortunes as well. So we'll have all that going on as we roll on till 6 tonight as uh, we sit in for Eddie and Rocky on the home of those victorious Reds once again. 700 WLW. Number 29, T.J. Gone! Three-run home run, T.J. Friedel. Number 37, Tyler Stevenson. Oh, this ball is crushed to right field. Tyler Stevenson does it. Number 27, Jake Fraley. On in a hurry. Fraley, he dives and makes the catch. Number 9, Matt McClain. McClain turning it off, rounding second. That's a triple. Your Cincinnati Reds play on the home of the Reds. Boy, these kids can play. 700 WLW. Get your tickets now at AXS.com for our 2023 iHeartRadio Music Festival. Back on the big one, 700 WLW. Independence Day, 4th of July. I hope you're having a great one. Dan Carroll in for Eddie and Rocky today. And uh, glad to be here. I am and glad that uh, you are here as well. Always fun uh, sitting in for Eddie and the Rock. And uh, Jason Williams, who normally hosts with me, is uh, enjoying his 4th of July holiday. So I hope you are, too. Um, and we're going to have Dave Hatter here reaching out to and making contact with him right now. But he uh, sent me some stuff, and he's always sending me uh, interesting things. And one is about uh, uh, the uh, department, uh, well, the, the FBI. And, uh, look, I've had my problems with the FBI. But at least they sent out a public service announcement. Uh, talking about business emails that uh, become compromised. And uh, this stuff is is turning into real money. Uh, they're talking about the domestic and international exposed dollar loss. 
over fifty billion dollars. And I mean, and and the, the this is I mean this is a serious thing. And we get them here all the time, uh, Dave Hatter uh, here at iHeart, and they send out these little test emails. And I, I think I'm on to them, where they you know they send you an email. It, it's, it might be a phishing thing, or they want you to click on something and do something else. And then later in the day, they'll say, "Hey, did you get caught?" And they'll send out a little reminder that uh, that you shouldn't be doing stuff like this. But uh, it's amazing how the the money just keeps going up and up and up. And they're talking about uh, fifty billion dollars that uh, gets lost to these uh, to these scams. And and I guess they just get uh, more and more, uh, more and more not not them really complex, but more and more clever that they're able to fool people on a regular basis. Well, Dan. First off, as always, thanks for having me on, and happy Independence Day. Happy Independence Day, brother. And, you know, at, at Entrust, we see this kind of scam all the time. Mm-hmm. I mean, I could easily fill up all of your time on every show just telling the real-world stories about this because people just continue making the same mistakes. They don't use strong, unique passwords on every account. They don't turn on multi-factor authentication. So it makes it easy for the bad guys to get in. And then, you know, do these account takeover, business email compromise type attacks. So think about it like this, Dan. If I can guess or crack or find the password for your business email account online, okay? And let, you know, but I might find something worthwhile in your account, but I might then be able to somehow use your account to fool someone else in your company because now I'm sending emails that appear to be from you, yeah, right? All right you know, other right. people in the company trust you. And a common tactic, too, is as soon as they get in there, they'll create folders in your email. And then when they send emails and they receive emails back from someone else, they're moving them. They'll set up automated rules to move them to folders. So you, as the person that's been hacked, don't even realize this is happening. So now they're in your mail. They're using your email. They're sending out emails that legitimately are coming from your account. And, you know, in many cases, now sometimes these are targeted, but they're going after the financial people in the organization, accountants, finance people, that sort of thing, because eventually they'll stumble into, oh, look, here's an invoice that you sent to some customer. And then they'll take that invoice. They'll wait for the billing cycle to come around. They'll change the bank information on the invoice. They'll send it out to your legitimate customer. Now your legitimate customer gets it. They don't know it's been changed. Now, ideally, every business would have a policy that says, oh, if you get an invoice and the payment information has changed, you should reach out to that company and confirm. We nerds like to call that go out of band, Dan. Confirm that it's legit. And then next thing you know, these invoices have gone out. Your customers have paid. That money's overseas somewhere. And now you're out anywhere from tens of thousands to literally millions of dollars. I have firsthand experience with companies in Cincinnati that have lost upwards of a million dollars through these kind of scams. It's happening all the time. And my last point is, you know, the FBI says 50 billion. Keep in mind that the FBI will also tell you and have said publicly, they believe that most cyber crime is unreported. So that $50 billion number is way higher than that. Yeah. So, so let's say there, there's some malware involved here. And if, if you click on that, let's say you're doing it from your PC at, at home or at work. And then you access that email, say, by uh, your telephone or a different device. Is, is that yep. going to jump from, from your computer at home or your computer at work to your, your cell phone or your, your tablet or whatever? Is that going to happen well, that's an automatically? Interesting question. 
That's an interesting question, Dan. And I would say in most cases, probably no, mm-hmm. because generally most people are using Windows-based machines for work. And then often, you know, Apple iOS phones or Android phones from Google, or at least Android operating system phones, so, you know, malware that's written for Windows typically is not going to operate in the Apple environment or an Android environment. That's not to say that it couldn't, but generally speaking, these things are targeted to particular platforms. So probably not, but that also doesn't mean that, you know, if you click a link, it's not – if you click a link and go to a website, that website can determine what operating system you're on. It can determine which version of iOS you're using yeah. or Android or Windows or whatever – so it could then serve up a different malware specifically written for iOS. So it's not unthinkable, but I would say generally no. So here in America, Americans love their cars, and now it turns out your car may be working against you because if you, <laughs> if you have a newer car, your, your car is tracking your every move. And I'm thinking about this, and I don't know, you and I may have talked about this before, but don't you think there's a market out there for for low tech stuff, low tech cars that don't have computers in it, a low tech refrigerator that doesn't have a TV or a computer? I, I mean, I I lived the first I don't know forty or fifty years of my life with a refrigerator that didn't have a, a computer chip in it, and we got along just fine. <laughs> I I mean, yeah, why? Amazing, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, why doesn't some company do that and put out low tech devices and low tech uh, appliances that don't track your every move because every time you turn around, you're having information gathered about you and sent to God knows where. Well, you make an important point. The Internet of Things, IoT is often abbreviated, aka smart devices, is everywhere now. You know, mm-hmm. as you just stated, it's really hard to buy any sort of device now that doesn't have some kind of software in it and isn't, quote, smart, unquote. And unfortunately, Dan, it's it's not just the privacy aspects of it, which I think is a huge concern. It's also the security aspects. Most of these things get rushed to market. And, you know, what brought this up in today's conversation is a a very useful Wired article. I encourage people to read it. The title is, uh, well, sorry, I'm on the wrong Wired article. I'll I'll get back to that in a second. But the, the bottom line is all of these devices that have software are collecting your data sending them off to God knows what data brokers and what companies have access to this stuff. But the more important piece, and this has been shown over and over and over and over again, Dan, which is these things are generally rushed to market. The goal is to get market share. The goal is to make these things easy to use so it doesn't cause friction for the consumers, and thus they don't want to use it, as opposed to being focused on privacy and security. And you can find story after story after story over the last five, probably eight years, where these things are just constantly shown to be privacy and security dumpster fires. Mm -hmm. Uh, A well-known cybersecurity expert, a guy named Mikko Hyponen, he's a a Finnish guy, very smart, well-known internationally, um, has pretty much likened the Internet of Things to asbestos. He said when asbestos first came out, everyone saw it as this miracle material, and we see how that's gone, and, and that's where we're headed with this stuff because people buy it, they plug it in, they don't know how to secure it, they don't know how to keep it secure. Ask yourself this question, Dan. If you went out, and I know you wouldn't do this because you think more like me, but that ring doorbell you just bought or your smart coffee maker or dryer or whatever it is, do you think that the manufacturer is going to be providing 
software updates to fix flaws and security problems in that device two years from now, three years from now, five years from now, no. when they don't even make that device anymore, yeah. they've moved on? Of course they're not. Of course they're not. So the article in Wired is how your new car tracks you. And uh, it's very interesting. I encourage people to read it. And to get back to your point, yeah, I, I would think someone out there would realize that there is a market for people. And I, I like to think more and more people are wising up to this stuff and realizing that although some of these things can be really convenient and very handy, especially in like an industrial setting where you're trying to understand like how much energy our machines using and that sort of stuff. You know, I, I hate to always be Davy Downer or, or Davy Doomsday here, Dan, but you know, while these things do bring some convenience, we're at a place where almost always these things are rushed to market and they're really just a privacy and security dumpster fire. And if you really look at people who aren't making money off of these things and, and understand it, you'll just hear that refrain over and over and over. So going back to this Wired article and how these new cars are basically rolling computers on wheels, they're capturing, you know, Video, audio, everything you do, they know when you accelerate, when you break, yada, 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 which isn't really new, but, you know, now they're all Internet connected. An important part of this story is, you know, then these car manufacturers sell your data to data brokers who do who knows what with it, who knows where that lasts. Same thing with the data out of the infotainment system. When you plug your phone in, the infotainment system in most modern cars, it gets all your contacts, it syncs the text, everything off your phone. Mm -hmm. Where is that going? Who has access to that? What happens to that if that car gets wrecked? And then Wired also did a big story. Now, it's, this is going back, I believe it was 2015, where two reporters worked with a hacker, and they took a Jeep Grand Cherokee out and were able to hack it remotely. Because the other concern of, of vehicles in particular, and there have been many, many well-known, well-respected information security type people warn as these these cars become rolling computers and get interconnected, what would happen, Dan, if at 5 o'clock on Friday, every Chevy Volt or pick your car, Ford F-150, just suddenly accelerated and it, until it ran into something? What are you going to do? Well, that that's, would that would be absolute chaos. Yeah. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. Yeah, that's the reality of the world women, or not just every model, every Ford or every Chevy or every Tesla or whatever. You know, as, as we become increasingly digitally connected, you know, you have obviously not just the privacy and surveillance aspects of this, you have the hacking component. Do you really think an adversary like the Chinese Communist Party would rule something like that out if we came to blows with them over Taiwan, for example? 
So you know, it, uh, it's a major concern. I know it sounds crazy, Dan. I know it sounds crazy. Well, no, I don't. I don't think it is crazy. Uh, you know, and, and Go do your own research. all these years talking to you, I'll tell you how ate up I am on this now. Is it wasn't that long ago I had to I, I had I had a garage door opener that was old I mean really uh, probably thirty years old close to and it finally quit working so I had to install a new yep. garage door opener and the new and the new garage door opener comes with what an app you can download on your phone sure. to, to control the garage door and I'm thinking to myself well it's got you know yeah I got the buttons I can put in my car I got the control panel on the side of the house. Uh, I don't need the app on my phone because if it can tell me if my garage door is open or closed or how many times it's been open and closed, guess what? It's going to tell somebody else because there's a computer chip in there that's uh, that's sending out all the inf- gathering all that information. And so even though I mean I don't I don't know where that ranks on the level of security concern, but I I, I did not download the app and I don't have that. And hopefully uh, my information about when my garage door is open or closed is is no one else's business. Well, Dan, you make a, a super important point, and I actually just recently replaced my garage door openers. The people will say, well, okay, how can I avoid this? It, you know, it's difficult to buy anything now that isn't, quote, smart, unquote. Yeah, right. right. And again, most of these so-called smart devices, these Internet of Things devices, really are just privacy and security dumpster fires. So I had to replace mine, and I did the exact same thing. And this is my general advice. Look. If you go out and you want to buy a new coffee maker and you can't find one that isn't smart, which is probably going to increasingly be the case. Mm-hmm. And again, ask yourself, is Mr. Coffee going to be providing software updates for your five-year-old coffee maker? Probably not, which not only makes your coffee maker at risk, but it also means hackers could use that coffee maker or your brand new garage door opener if it's connected to then potentially attack the computers that you use for work, right? Oh people my work God. from home, oh people God, yeah. from home. So, so that's that's the thing. The privacy piece is an important piece, and I don't want to downplay that. But it's really the security risks of these insecure devices that then become a gateway for the bad guys to another device. You may recall when Biden first got elected, he wanted to put a Peloton in the white in the Oval Office, and the, the security people were like, well, you can't do that. The thing's got a camera and a microphone in it. It's connected to the internet. Right? It's a it's a security disaster waiting to happen. So so the right answer, Dan, is to do just what you did. Don't download the app. And just simply don't connect the devices to your network. You can still use your coffee maker, your doorbell. Well, the ring doorbell kind of loses all of its usefulness if it's not connected. <laughs> Put your garage door opener. You know, when, when I installed my new garage door openers, I did not connect them to my Wi-Fi. I did not download the app. They still, like you said, they work with the button. They work with the keypad. They work uh. when I press the button on the door. It's not connected to the Internet. So there's no one that has access to that information. And that's the answer. Simply don't connect your smart devices to your network, and then just use them the old school way. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm perfectly fine with that. And uh, before I let you go, uh, something that you and I have to, and you've talked with Eddie and Rocky and probably everyone on this radio station about AI, artificial intelligence, and, and yeah. we've been talking about that for a long time. Uh, is it fair to say that that we still don't have a full working knowledge of of exactly how this works and exactly how the computers learn and it's it's still in the in somewhere in the in the development phase? Is it, would it be fair to say that? Well, I think it's fair to say uh, to a point, and the reason why I say that is it depends on what you're going to describe yeah. as AI. Right? Well, when you talk about AI, the stuff that's out there now and that most people have experience with is not artificial general intelligence. It's 
AI that's been built for a specific purpose. So things like ChatGPT, which has gotten an enormous amount of, of interest and press and so forth, you know, they know how that works mostly because it's all based on statistical prediction of what words should come next. But when you get into things like artificial general intelligence, which, as far as I know, is not a real thing yet. Maybe it's in some government yeah. lab somewhere. Right. Um, but, you know, where you have systems that are as capable as, as capable or more capable than a human being at any task. Yeah, I don't I don't think anyone really knows how that works yet. Yeah. Again, I don't think it's a thing yet. Is it coming? Hard to say. But I mean, these things are improving very, very rapidly. Well, I'm, and but my point is this: I, I read an article where the Biden administration is talking with AI developers, and and they they want yep. to they want to make sure that diversity, equity, and inclusion gets programmed into all these AI developments to make sure that the algorithms aren't uh, unnecessarily uh, discriminating against people or doing whatever it is the administration wants to have happen with AI, they're already talking about, hey, we need to have this done and, and make sure your algorithms include all these wonderful things that, that no one really I – mean, you, you listen to these people talk about this kind of stuff. To me, it all sounds like a bunch of mumbo-jumbo, but they want to get that programmed into the AI as well. And I'm thinking, for for crying out loud, this is still a developing technology. We don't even know how it all works yet, but you're there trying to get your – you know your your pet project in there and get and get uh, get this stuff working the way you want it to work to suit to suit your individual needs. Uh, unbelievable. You know, bias has been one of the big concerns with AI, whether it's the algorithms themselves or the data this stuff is trained on. Yeah. So um, you know, when you use this stuff, you got to understand going into it, particularly with things like hallucinations, where something like ChatGPT just literally makes up an answer. Right. And they warn you about that. You can't just assume whatever it tells you is accurate because sometimes it just literally makes stuff up. Um, but, yeah, the whole bias aspect, it's been a problem with facial recognition. You know, that's that's another concern of mine with all this technology is mm -hmm. that we'll get to a place where people just assume that if AI is not biased and it's telling you the truth, either because, A, it's programmed to be biased or, B, unconscious bias of the people building it is just built into it because they're human beings. You yeah, know? You I mean, it, yeah. Well, it's, I mean, the, I think the old saying garbage in garbage out still, uh, still is, uh, in, in effect. I don't think that's going away anytime soon. All though. right. Dave Hatter, you're the best. If people want to find out more about you, how do they do that? Yeah, I appreciate that, Dan. Always good to be on, uh, you can LinkedIn, Twitter, probably the two best places to find me. You know, I'm easy to find and, trying to constantly put in this sort of information out there so people can understand where we're headed and protect themselves and their businesses. All right, Dave, we got to run, but thanks for the time and have uh, have a great 4th of July holiday, brother. We'll do it again soon. Thank you. Thank you, sir. You too. All right, there you go. Dave Hatter, he's the absolute best, and we are a little bit late for a break. Dan Carroll for Eddie and Rocky on 700 WLW. It's important for me to better myself. That's why I've stopped bathing. I'm even used to the flies now. That's also why I listen to Scott Sloan's show. He talks about the stuff that actually affects me and my family. And let's face it, he's a pretty funny guy. I face the same problems you do. So let's talk about them and have a little fun along the way. Shower your mind with Scott Sloan.
It's the only bathing I do. Check out Sloney tomorrow morning at 9 on 700 WLW. And be sure to catch his podcast on the iHeartRadio app. Golfers, listen up. Unleash the ultimate golf experience with Cut. Back on the big one, 700 WLW. Independence Day, 4th of July. I hope you're having a great one. Dan Carroll in for Eddie and Rocky today. And uh, glad to be here. I am and glad that uh, you are here as well. Always fun uh, sitting in for Eddie and the Rock. And uh, Jason Williams, who normally hosts with me, is... uh, Enjoying his 4th of July holiday, so I hope you are too. Um, and we're going to have Dave Hatter here reaching out to and making contact with him right now, but he uh, sent me some stuff, and he's always sending me uh, interesting things. And one is about uh, uh, the uh, department, uh, well, the, the FBI. And uh, look, I've had my problems with the FBI, but at least they sent out a public service announcement uh, talking about business emails that uh, become compromised. And uh, this stuff is is turning into real money. Uh, they're talking about the domestic and international exposed dollar loss, over fifty billion dollars. And I mean, and and the, the this is I mean this is a serious thing. And we get them here all the time, uh, Dave Hatter, uh, here at iHeart, and they send out these little test emails. And I, I think I'm on to them. Where they, you know, they send you an email. It, it, it might be a phishing thing, or they want you to click on something and do something else. And then later in the day, they'll say, "Hey, did you get caught?" And they'll send out a little reminder that uh, that you shouldn't be doing stuff like this. But uh, it's amazing how the the money just keeps going up and up and up. And they're talking about uh, fifty billion dollars that uh, gets lost to these uh, to these scams. And and I guess they just get uh, more and more, uh, more and more, not not them really complex, but more and more clever that they're able to fool people on a regular basis. Well, Dan, first off, as always, thanks for having me on. And happy Independence Day. Happy Independence Day, brother. And, you know, at, at Intrust, we see this kind of scam all the time. Mm-hmm. I mean, I could easily fill up all of your time on every show just telling the real-world stories about this because people just continue making the same mistakes. They don't use strong, unique passwords on every account. They don't turn on multi-factor authentication, so it makes it easy for the bad guys to get in and then, you know, do these account takeover, business email compromise type attacks. So think about it like this, Dan. If I can guess or crack or find the password for your business email account online, okay, and let, you know, let, I might find something worthwhile in your account, but I might then be able to somehow use your account to fool someone else in your company because now I'm sending emails that appear to be from you, yeah, right? All right you know, other right. people in the company trust you. And a common tactic, too, is as soon as they get in there, they'll create folders in your email. And then when they send emails and they receive emails back from someone else, they're moving them. They'll set up automated rules to move them to folders. So you, as the person that's been hacked, don't even realize this is happening. So now they're in your mail, they're using your email, they're sending out emails that legitimately are coming from your account. And, you know, in many cases, now sometimes these are targeted, but they're going after the financial people in the organization, accountants, finance people, that sort of thing, because eventually they'll stumble into, oh, look, here's an invoice that you sent to some customer. And then they'll take that invoice, they'll wait for the billing cycle to come around, they'll change the bank information on the invoice, They'll send it out to your legitimate customer. 
Now your legitimate customer gets it. They don't know it's been changed. Now, ideally, every business would have a policy that says, oh, if you get an invoice and the payment information has changed, you should reach out to that company and confirm we nerds like to call that go out of band, Dan. Confirm that it's legit, and then next thing you know, these invoices have gone out. Your customers have paid. That money's overseas somewhere, and now you're out anywhere from tens of thousands to literally millions of dollars. I have firsthand experience with companies in Cincinnati that have lost upwards of a million dollars through these kind of scams. It's wow. happening all the time. And my last point is, you know, the F- FBI says $50 billion. Keep in mind that the FBI will also tell you and have said publicly they believe that most cybercrime is unreported. So that $50 billion number is way higher than that. Yeah. So so let's say there there's some malware involved here. And if, if you click on that, let's say you're doing it from your PC at, at home or at work. And then you access that email, say, by uh, your telephone or a different device. Is is that yep. going to jump from from your computer at home or your computer at work to your, your cell phone or your, your tablet or whatever? Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Is that going to happen well, automatically? That's an interesting question, Dan, and I would say in most cases, probably no, Mm -hmm. because generally most people are using Windows-based machines for work, and then often, you know, Apple iOS phones or Android phones from Google, or at least Android operating system phones. So, you know, malware that's written for Windows typically is not going to operate in the Apple environment or an Android environment. That's not to say that it couldn't. But generally speaking, these things are targeted to particular platforms, so probably not. But that also doesn't mean that, you know, if you click a link, it's not – if you click a link and go to a website, that website can determine what operating system you're on. It can determine which version of iOS you're using or yeah. Android or Windows or whatever. So it could then serve up a different malware specifically written for iOS. So it's not unthinkable, but I would say generally no. So here in America – Americans love their cars, and now it turns out your car may be working against you because if you if you have a newer car, your your car is tracking your every move. And I'm thinking about this, and I don't know. You and I may have talked about this before, but don't you think there's a market out there for for low tech stuff, low tech cars that don't have computers in it, a low tech refrigerator that doesn't have a TV or a computer? I, I mean, I lived the first, I don't know, 40 or 50 years of my life with a refrigerator that didn't have a computer chip in it, and we got along just fine. I mean, why? Amazing, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, why doesn't some company do that and put out low tech devices and low tech uh, appliances that don't track your every move? Because every time you turn around, you're having information gathered about you and sent to God knows where. Well, you make an important point. The Internet of Things, IoT, as it's often abbreviated, a.k.a. smart devices, is everywhere now. You know, Mm -hmm. as you just stated, it's really hard to buy any sort of device now that doesn't have some kind of software in it and isn't, quote, smart, unquote. 
And unfortunately, Dan, it's, it's not just the privacy aspects of it, which I think is a huge concern. It's also the security aspects. Most of these things get rushed to market. And, you know, what brought this up in today's conversation is a, a very useful Wired article. I encourage people to read it. The title is, uh, well, sorry, I'm on the wrong Wired article. I'll, I'll get back to that in a second. But the, the bottom line is all of these devices that have software are collecting your data, sending them off to God knows what data brokers and what companies have access to this stuff. But the more important piece, and this has been shown over and over and over and over again, Dan, which is these things are generally rushed to market. The goal is to get market share. The goal is to make these things easy to use so it doesn't cause friction for the consumers, and thus they don't want to use it, as opposed to being focused on privacy and security. And you can find story after story after story over the last five, probably eight years, where these things are just constantly shown to be privacy and security dumpster fires. Mm -hmm. uh, a well-known cybersecurity expert, a guy named Mikko Hyponen. He's a, a Finnish guy, very smart, well-known internationally, um, has pretty much likened the Internet of Things to asbestos. He said when asbestos first came out, everyone saw it as this miracle material, and we see how that's gone, and, and that's where we're headed with this stuff because people buy it, they plug it in, they don't know how to secure it, they don't know how to keep it secure. Ask yourself this question, Dan. If you went out, and I know you wouldn't do this because you think more like me, but that ring doorbell you just bought or your smart coffee maker or dryer or whatever it is, do you think that the manufacturer is going to be providing software updates to fix flaws and security problems in that device two years from now, three years from now, five years from now, no. when they don't even make that device anymore, yeah. they've moved on? Of course they're not. Of course they're not. So the article in Wired is how your new car tracks you. And uh, it's very interesting. I encourage people to read it. And to get back to your point, yeah, I, I would think someone out there would realize that there is a market for people. And I, I like to think more and more people are wising up to this stuff and realizing that although some of these things can be really convenient and very handy, especially in like an industrial setting where you're trying to understand like how much energy our machines using and that sort of stuff, you know, I, I hate to always be, Davy Downer or, or Davy Doomsday here, Dan. But, you know, while these things do bring some convenience, we're at a place where almost always these things are rushed to market and they're really just a privacy and security dumpster fire. And if you really look at people who aren't making money off of these things and, and understand it, you'll just hear that refrain over and over and over. So going back to this Wired article and how these new cars are basically rolling computers on wheels, they're capturing, you know, Video, audio, everything you do, they know when you accelerate, when you brake, yada, 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 which isn't really new, but, you know, now they're all Internet connected. An important part of this story is, you know, then these car manufacturers sell your data to data brokers who do who knows what with it, who knows where that lasts. Same thing with the data out of the infotainment system. When you plug your phone in, the infotainment system in most modern cars it gets all your contacts, it syncs the text, everything off your phone. Mm -hmm. Where is that going? Who has access to that? What happens to that if that car gets wrecked? And then Wired also did a big story. Now, it's, this is going back, I believe it was 2015, where two reporters worked with a hacker, and they took a Jeep Grand Cherokee out and were able to hack it remotely. Because the other concern of, of vehicles in particular, and there have been many, many well-known, well-respected information security type people warn as these these cars become rolling computers and get interconnected 
What would happen, Dan, if at 5 o'clock on Friday, every Chevy Volt, or pick your car, Ford F-150, just suddenly accelerated and it, until it ran into something? What are you going to do? Well, that, would, that would be absolute chaos. Yeah. Yeah, that's the reality of the world women, or not just every model, every Ford or every Chevy or every Tesla or whatever. You know, as, as we become increasingly digitally connected, you know, you have obviously not just the privacy and surveillance aspects of this, you have the hacking component. Do you really think an adversary like the Chinese Communist Party would rule something like that out if we came to blows with them over Taiwan, for example? So you know, uh, it's a major concern. I know it sounds crazy, Dan. I know it sounds crazy. Well, no, people, I don't I don't think it is crazy. My word for it. Uh, you know, and, yeah, and, and do your own research. all these years talking to you, I'll tell you how ate up I am on this now is it wasn't that long ago I had to I I had a garage door opener that was old I mean really uh, probably 30 years old close to and it finally quit working so I had to install a new yep. garage door opener and the new and the new garage door opener comes with what an app you can download on your phone sure. to, to control the garage door and I'm thinking to myself well it's got you know yeah I got the buttons I can put in my car I got the control panel on the side of the house uh, I don't need the app on my phone because if it can tell me if my garage door is open or closed or how many times it's been open and closed, guess what? It's going to tell somebody else because there's a computer chip in there that's uh, that's sending out all the inf- gathering all that information. And so even though I mean I don't I don't know where that ranks on the level of security concern, but I I, I did not download the app and I don't have that. And hopefully uh, my information about when my garage door is open or closed is is no one else's business. Well, Dan, you make a, a super important point, and I actually just recently replaced my garage door openers. The people will say, well, okay, how can I avoid this? It, you know, it's difficult to buy anything now that isn't, quote, smart, unquote. Yeah, right. right. And again, most of these so-called smart devices, these Internet of Things devices, really are just privacy and security dumpster fires. So I had to replace mine, and I did the exact same thing. And this is my general advice. Look. If you go out and you want to buy a new coffee maker and you can't find one that isn't smart, which is probably going to increasingly be the case. Mm -hmm. And again, ask yourself, is Mr. Coffee going to be providing software updates for your five-year-old coffee maker? Probably not, which not only makes your coffee maker at risk, but it also means hackers could use that coffee maker or your brand new garage door opener if it's connected to then potentially attack the computers that you use for work, right? People work from home, people buy from home. So, so that's that's the thing. The privacy piece is an important piece, and I don't want to downplay that, but it's really the security risks of these insecure devices that then become a gateway for the bad guys to another device. You may recall when Biden first got elected, he wanted to put a Peloton in the white in the Oval Office, and the, the security people were like, well, you can't do that. The thing's got a camera and a microphone in it. It's connected to the Internet. Right? It's, a, it's a security disaster waiting to happen. So, so the right answer, Dan, is to do just what you did. Don't download the app. And just simply don't connect the devices to your network. You can still use your coffee maker, your doorbell. Well, the Ring doorbell kind of loses all of its usefulness if it's not connected. (laughs) But your garage door opener, you know, when when I installed my new garage door openers, I did not connect them to my Wi-Fi. I did not download the app. They still, like you said, they work with the button. They work with the keypad. They work when I press the button on the door. It's not connected to the Internet. So there's no one that has access to that information. And that's the answer. Simply don't connect your smart devices to your network, and then just use them the old school way. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm perfectly fine with that. And uh, before I let you go, 
something that you and I have to, and you've talked with Eddie and Rocky and probably everyone on this radio station about AI, artificial intelligence. And, and yeah. we've been talking about that for a long time. Uh, is it fair to say that that we still don't have a full working knowledge of of exactly how this works and exactly how the computers learn and it's it's still in the in somewhere in the in the development phase is it, would it be fair to say that well i think it's fair to say uh to a point and the reason why i say that is it depends on what you're going to describe yeah. as ai right well, when you talk about ai the stuff that's out there now and that most people have experience with is not artificial general intelligence. It's an AI that's been built for a specific purpose. So things like ChatGPT, which has gotten an enormous amount of, of interest and press and so forth, you know, they know how that works mostly because it's all based on statistical prediction of what words should come next. But when you get into things like artificial general intelligence, which as far as I know is not a real thing yet, maybe it's in some government yeah. lab somewhere. Right. Um, but, you know, where you have systems that are as capable as, as capable or more capable than a human being at any task. Yeah, I don't, I don't think anyone really knows how that works yet. Yeah. Again, I don't think it's a thing yet. Is it coming? Hard to say. But, I mean, these things are improving very, very rapidly. Well, I'm, and, but my point is this. I, I read an article where the Biden administration is talking with AI developers. And, and they're, they, want yep. to, they want to make sure that diversity, equity, and inclusion gets programmed into all these AI developments to make sure that the algorithms aren't uh, unnecessarily uh, discriminating against people or doing whatever it is the administration wants to have happen with AI. They're already talking about, hey, we need to have this done and, and make sure your algorithms include all these wonderful things that, that no one really I – mean, you, you listen to these people talk about this kind of stuff. To me, it all sounds like a bunch of mumbo-jumbo, but they want to get that programmed into the AI as well. And I'm thinking, for, for crying out loud, this is still a developing technology. We don't even know how it all works yet, but you're there trying to get your, you know, your, your pet project in there and, get, and get, uh, get this stuff working the way you want it to work. To suit, to suit your individual needs. Uh, unbelievable. You know, bias has been one of the big concerns with AI, whether it's the algorithms themselves or the data this stuff is trained on. Yeah. So, um, you know, when you use this stuff, you got to understand going into it, particularly with things like hallucinations where something like ChatGPT just literally makes up an answer, right? And they warn you about that. You can't just assume whatever it tells you is accurate because sometimes it just literally makes stuff up. Um, but yeah, the whole bias aspect, it's been a problem with facial recognition. You know, that's, that's another concern of mine with all this technology is mm -hmm. that we'll get to a place where people just assume that either AI is not biased and it's telling you the truth either because A, it's programmed to be biased or B, unconscious bias of the people building it is just built into it because they're human beings. You yeah, know you go. I mean? yeah. Well, it's, I mean, the, I think the old saying garbage in garbage out still, uh, still is, uh, in, in effect. I don't think that's going away anytime soon. All though. right. Dave Hatter, you're the best. If people want to find out more about you, how do they do that? Yeah, I appreciate that, Dan. Always good to be on, uh, you can LinkedIn, Twitter, probably the two best places to find me. You know, I'm easy to find and, trying to constantly put in this sort of information out there so people can understand where we're headed and protect themselves and their businesses. All right, Dave, we got to run, but thanks for the time and have uh, have a great 4th of July holiday, brother. We'll do it again soon. Thank you.
Thank you, sir. You too. All right. There you go. Dave Hatter, he's the absolute best, and we are a little bit late for a break. Dan Carroll for Eddie and Rocky on 700 WLW. It's important for me to better myself. That's why I've stopped bathing. I'm even used to the flies now. That's also why I listen to Scott Sloan's show. He talks about the stuff that actually affects me and my family. And let's face it, he's a pretty funny guy. I face the same problems you do. So let's talk about him and have a little fun along the way. Shower your mind with Scott Sloan. It's the only bathing I do. Check out Sloney tomorrow morning at 9 on 700 WLW. And be sure to catch his podcast on the iHeartRadio app. Golfers, listen up. Unleash the ultimate golf experience with cut. 700 WLW, 437 on this Independence Day. Almost said Memorial Day. But it's Independence Day, July 4th. And I hope you're having a great day so far. 513-749-7000. 1-800, the big one. Those are the numbers to call. And we've all heard about the Anheuser-Busch story and the, the Bud Light story. And Bud Light has put out several different uh, advertisements trying to <clears throat> get back the uh, at least some of the billions of dollars that they lost and since, since a lot of people have stopped drinking Bud Light. Well, now, in their latest campaign, Bud Light has turned to uh, Kansas City Chiefs tight end Travis Kelsey trying to win back customers following the disastrous partnership with Dylan Mulvaney. The brand saw its sales plummet after Mulvaney posted photos on Instagram with a custom Bud Light can created to commemorate the one-year anniversary of the influencer's gender transition. The brand has lost its status as the most popular beer in the United States, losing out to Modelo. So... Bud Light has a new uh, ad campaign, and I've got about a 15-second clip of it. And what it is, it's called... Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. What are they? Hold on. I'm looking at the wrong thing here. Let me get back to my other thing. Here we go. Uh, right there. I go down here, and it's called Backyard Grunts, and it features Travis Kelsey. And what you're going to hear is a series of and it's actually i gotta i gotta tell you it's it's i think it's pretty clever and it's a bunch of guys uh in the back a bunch of different shots of guys like sitting in lawn chairs uh get sitting in there they sit down they get up and that noise that we tend to make when we ease our way into a chair or get up from something comfortable that we were sitting in and i don't know if this is the entire advertisement but this is what i found and it's 15 seconds. And uh, Con Man, if we have that ready, that's cut one. Let's hit that. So there you go. <laughs> Connor says it's 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 a lot funnier to look at than it is to listen to. I'll give you the uh, I'll I'll give you the props on that. 
But uh, it's Travis Kelsey, and he's sitting there, and and it's it's like he's having a backyard barbecue or something. And uh, I don't know. I wonder if if you're. I'm going to have to ask Steve Oldfield about this. If that qualifies as a speaking part, and uh, you have to become a member of uh, the Screen Actors Guild on that. But uh, they're obviously, according to the uh, the story here in Just the News, Bud Light is uh, trying to win back their male customer base after the uh, the the Mulvaney episode. Backyard Grunts features uh, 15 seconds uh, showing uh, Kelsey and uh, his buddies cracking open a, a can. But it, it, I think it's interesting in the commercial that Kelsey himself is not holding a Bud Light in his hand. He's sitting at a table or sitting in a chair, an outside chair with a table next to him, a little, <clears throat> a little I don't know, one of those little folding tables. And uh, there's a there appears to be a Bud Light sitting next to him, but he doesn't have one in his hand. And I wonder, I just wonder what the the real story is behind that. But uh, you see, Travis Kelsey, probably the, one of the most famous football players in the NFL, doing what he can to help Bud Light, and I'm sure he had a nice payday on that one. Let's go to Milford and say hey to Jim. And Jim, I hope you're having a great Fourth of July. What's up? Hey, it can't be any better than talking to a great American guy like Dan Carroll that's born and raised. I don't know if you were born there, but Anderson Township. I mean, that's 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 the heart of the Midwest right there in Anderson Township. Yeah, I'm born in Good I'm people. born in Cincinnati, and I actually lived uh, my first ten years in Marymount before we moved before okay. before I, I moved mean, to Anderson that Township. Whole yeah. East side. yeah, that whole Anderson Township, Marymount. Yeah, you know that's good. That's good people. That's good, solid Cincinnati people right there. Had a great child. Had a great things. childhood running around Marymount as a little kid. It was big fun. There you go, man. Good. You know, um, who was our one senator that uh, uh, Rob Portman right there at Terrace Park? Terrace I mean, Park. Yeah. Good. Good. Good people, man. Good people. So, hey, t- Modelo. Modelo is the beer, as in. As compared to how Coke Zero has changed the whole soft drink industry, I tell you, I, uh, I I just like I like to drink a beer, just one beer, maybe other every other day, just to you know, just to have a beer, you know, that tastes good. Sure. Have you had yeah. Modelo yet? Have you had it? I have had Modelo. A uh, uh, a friend of mine turned me on to Modelo. I want to say it was last Easter. We stopped over at their house for a, a just a little Easter visit, and he had some Modelo on ice, and uh, we sat on the back porch and enjoyed a few of them. And uh, it was I, not I bad. I don't, what, I, I, don't I don't know if if it's the if it's the kind of beer that I would drink every day, but uh, on occasion having a few Modellos, yeah, I, I'm I'm good for that. Well, Bud Light and Miller Light and uh, Milwaukee's best—they've lost me, man. Modelo. Uh, and- I'm just a guy out there that drinks an occasional beer. Yeah. I tell you, Modelo is like, it's a Pilsner. It's light. It's not really heavy, but it's full flavored. It's a great drinking beer if you're just like thirsty and you want something during the summer and it's hot. It's it's fantastic. So well, I, I, I just want to make sure. Yeah, good. I can tell you this much. I, uh, uh, for a long time, uh, have been enjoying Sam Adams. And I, I always... I don't I don't drink a Sam Adams every day, but uh, I'm like you. They, on those days when I just want to have one or two, yeah. like I can well, sit Sam down. Adams is, Sam Adams is 
too heavy, man. I, I like a good beer that's just like, you know, you don't have that heavy beer aftertaste. I, I like something that's light, crisp. I guess crisp. Crisp and full flavor and doesn't have a big, doesn't, doesn't smell like you just came from a brewery after you had it. So, <laughs> I'm, you, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Come on. Modell is. But that, there's a reason they're number one, man. They get, they got it going on. Well, hey, it, my, my understanding wants, is is that uh, Imbev Anheuser Busch also owns Modelo, though. I don't care. I don't, I don't care if Oprah owns it. <laughs> I'm going <laughs> to drink it over everybody else. It's that good of a beer. It's a good. It's a good sit on your porch, watch the kids. You know, if there are kids out playing, let's not even get into that subject. But it, it's just a good sit on your deck drinking kind of beer, but yeah, anyway, I'm, I'm spending you. too much time on that. So the second thing is, uh, you know, you had uh, Dave Hatter, and I, I don't understand passwords, man. I don't understand why, you know, you go back to a site that asks you for a password you created 18 months ago, mm-hmm. and you're like, okay, do I need a capital letter? Do I need a symbol? Do I need, uh, you know, a, a, a number? And because they don't give you any clue. It, I like... I like how Amazon does it. You put you put your name in there or whatever, and then it sends you a text with a six-digit code. Right. And if you got a semi-sharp mind, you can remember the six-digit code and flip back over and put it in, and boom, you're in. I don't know why all software companies or whatever don't go to just, just send me a six-digit code. I'll tell you it's me. You know, it, it should be you should be managing your phone anyway. Well, you're, I think that be. I, I think that's that two factor authentication that Dave talks about all the time, and how right. important it is to have that. And I know when when I log on to my iHeart account, when I log on, there's the different things that I log on to that uh, they send you a, a, a little notice on your phone, and you got to put the number in right. and that kind of. And, right. I'm, and I'm I'm fine with doing that if it keeps that's me from forgetting. Thing, a, a password or I can't remember a password and that was always the thing uh, when I was uh, when I first started doing this you come up with a great password and you remember it and then you you go to log on to your computer one day and it says oh you have to change your password and that's right. that's when things start getting complicated and I hate that right Dude, I hate when you you know let's say like Harbor Freight or something I want to go out and sign in you know hell I haven't signed in since 2021, right? I don't know. I don't remember if I used a capital B or a small B or an exclamation point or a or, or 12 characters or eight characters. I don't have time for that. Just, you know, send me a text with your little six-digit code. I'll get on my phone with my little fingerprint scanner. You know, my fingerprint will open my phone. My phone should be on me at all times anyway. And if I let it sit around and someone wants to, like, sign in as though they're me. They can't get in my phone without my finger unless they want to cut my thumb off, you know, and carry it around with them. I just don't, I don't understand we're in a, a technology where it could be signing into all these websites with all these complex. Uh, I was on a, I was on a website like a week ago. It was like just a casual website. They wanted 12 characters and two. Oh, for crying out loud. Yeah, I'm like, what is this? The NSA or something? No, I, I avoid. Like, you know, I, I avoid creating uh, creating accounts or creating uh, passwords on the websites at all costs. I don't. I don't have an Amazon account. If I have to do some paperwork or something on the computer, I have my wife do it. 
I just I, I just don't have good luck with those things, and I try to avoid it. It, it I mean, sometimes you can't avoid it, but it, if I can avoid it, I avoid it, and if I can get by without it, I get by without it. But here's the thing, Dan. It's like you go out, you like you. They allow you to sign in as a guest, right? You know, it's just like you just sign in as a guest. But here's the deal. You go out and buy, and they ship it to you or whatever, and you look at it, and you go, eh, I, don't want, I want to return this. you got to call their customer service, and they're like, well, what's your account? Well, I don't have an account. I bought it on a guest account. And they're like, oh. And you get that all, oh, okay, you know, oh, oh reaction from, they're like, Oh, I got to go like dig through my computer and find this order manually. It's a pain, and then you know what? Well, that's and that's and the thing. Like, it's it's like it's like trying to watch television these days. Hey, oh yeah, the smart TVs. It's so simple and so easy to use. Well, no, it's not. It's complicated. But, you, I mean, you got you know you got to you got to have this account and that account and this password and all that stuff. All I want to do is no, watch I, TV. And, no, no, with t with TV, I got. I, you got to have a 16-year-old daughter, and you throw her to remote and say, yeah. hey, I want to watch that's, Yellowstone. Figure it out. That's, and, I, I, and within 10 <laughs> seconds, she'll have it playing for you. So you sound that's just like you me. You sound just like me. I, I tell my wife, and she's like, we're going to watch one of our shows. I'll say, turn it on. I'll watch it because I, cause I don't right. want well, to fiddle with it. You need a, you need a perpetual 16-year-old daughter that knows her <laughs> technology, you know, and pay, pay her a little bit of a, a, an allowance just to – to get you into technology, right? Yeah, and that's, that's a, and that, 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 but that's the thing. Oh, it's supposed to be so simple and so easy. And uh, to my way of thinking, it ain't that simple and it ain't that easy. Jim, thanks for the call. I, I hope you have a great Fourth of July, brother. Blowing up. Let's celebrate. It's in the Constitution to uh, to enjoy the fireworks. Blow them up. Blow them up. That'll be happening tonight all over the place, and I, I know they're going to have some big ones there in Milford. What else do we have going? Oh, the Tiger King. Speaking of uh, watching stuff on TV, Connor, Connor, did you watch the Tiger King when that was on? When that, yeah, did you get did you get caught up in all that stuff? All right, hey, would you be Yeah, would would you do? You, do you think? Uh, well, I don't. I don't know if one of them's a killer or not. But if I told you the Tiger King was running for president, would you be surprised by that? The Tiger King, Joe Exotic, also known as Joseph Maldonado Passage also known as the Tiger King, and apparently this is straight up true, is challenging Joe Biden in the Democrat Party presidential primary from jail. Tells Breitbart News he wants to debate Biden on his failed policies and broken promises. <clears throat> and, I, and I would imagine if you're if you're locked up, it's, it's probably not all that easy to keep up on the news. But apparently he is. Uh, he boasted a coalition of everybody supports and uh, everybody supporting here. And there's over 160,000 federal inmates, and I guess he says they all support him. There's over two million people incarcerated at this time in the United States. He said, if you take those two million, everybody that has ever been and everybody that's still waiting to be charged or sentenced in this country, and ten of their friends, he says I could win this. Uh, last I checked, though, if you, if you're locked up in federal prison and guilty of a federal crime, you're not supposed to be voting. So just uh, based on that, I don't know if voting for uh, the Tiger King, Joe Exotic, is that good of an idea. Nine states have banned felons from voting, including Arizona, Florida, and Iowa. Fifteen states allow felons to vote only after serving time in prison. So there you go. When you're locked up, you can't vote. Uh, let's see. 
And let me see. They they can vote. Uh, they can only vote after serving time in prison, parole, and probation, including Georgia, North Carolina, and Wisconsin. Exotic says that despite not fitting into the mainstream party, he's running as a Democrat in hopes of making the left wing tent bigger. <laughs> so that'll be. I wonder if that'll be another series. I wonder if that'll be another uh, another uh, round of uh, Tiger King stories. Asked about his policy platform, Exotic presented something like a left-wing populist agenda running through a litany of stances on issues from the debate or the debt ceiling to military adventurism, the climate and forest management. He says, I live out here with you. I don't live in a cushy office with leather couches and leather seats and a golden spoon in my mouth. I know what it takes to make this work. And that's what the American people need to hear right now. So Joe Exotic, the Tiger King is uh he's he's apparently trying to raise money and and wants to run a campaign for president let's see he says we're supposed to be doing this green new deal and everything else we try to buy our oil and our gas energy from countries that have the dirtier energy says we can produce it cleaner than any country in the world but yet we get energy from them because we don't want to destroy our so-called environment and he when he's talking about putting wind farms out in the ocean we're going to destroy the oceans, killing our whales and everything else. Doesn't make sense. So he's got some issues with Joe Biden on uh, on those issues. So we'll see what happens. Uh, Joe uh, Joe Exotic, the Tiger King, apparently running for president, locked up behind it. Didn't say what prison he was in, though. Ah, that doesn't matter. Uh, if you're cooking out this summer... Or cooking out for the 4th of July, it costs more than it did last year. Price of a July 4th cookout has gone up 15%. How do they know? That's the thing about these stories. How do they know what you're going to cook out? Is it strictly hamburgers and hot dogs? I know a lot of people that are doing pork shoulders this weekend. Connor, you enjoy a good pork shoulder, do you? Absolutely. I think they were uh, on sale at Kroger because everyone started talking about pork shoulder. Oh, I got mine. I got mine. Um, with information obtained from the American Farm Bureau on specific item price changes in 2021, the White House touted a decrease in the 4th of July cookout by 16 cents. And now it's going to go up another 15%. So the price change for any item on the 2021 White House list is uh, cookout staple ground beef, which has increased uh, 30% from 2020. Um, let's see. I got ground beef. Here we go. For example, the price of beer and alcoholic drinks has gone up almost 13% since July of 2020. Hot dogs has increased 14%. Chicken has increased 21%. Steak has increased 16%. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So chicken has gone up more than steak. Hmm. That's interesting. I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't have thought that. Uh, at a Northern Virginia grocery store, ground beef costs five ninety nine a pound. New York strip steak sixteen bucks a pound or fifteen ninety nine. A twelve pack of Stella Artois 
$20.99. Well, I know you can get the Bud Light a lot cheaper. That is a fact. All right, we got to get to a break, and uh, my buddy Steve Oldfield is going to join us after the news here at the top of the hour, and he was covering Taylor Swift. Uh, he's not a Swifty, and we'll uh, find out about his experience and more as we march on till 6 o'clock tonight. Dan Carroll for Eddie and Rocky on 700 WLW. Four days of parades, bug spray, and runs to the emergency room. Ah! That's how we celebrate independence. Have a happy and safe holiday, 700 WLW. 508 on this Independence Day, July 4th. Hope you're having a great day. Thank you so much for listening. And uh, hope you're going to have a great night tonight. Fireworks, a couple of cold beers, whatever you're going to do. As we uh, bask in the afterglow of what was a, a great weekend in Cincinnati with uh, the Reds in town, uh, you had the Taylor Swift concert going on. You had a sold-out uh, stadium, uh, TQL Stadium for FC Cincinnati. And in the middle of it all was my buddy Steve Oldfield, who became a Swifty, <laughs> who became a Swifty for the week. Are you, are you officially a Swifty now? I, I saw an oh, article. no. I saw an article, and it was one of the Inquirer writers who said that uh, that I wasn't a Swifty before. I think it might have been Tanya O'Rourke who said I wasn't a Swifty before, but I am now after seeing the show. Oh man! Did, did, well, you know, have it, you been converted? It's, it's amazing to it's amazing to me how all the the stations have. If you look at their website, Fox 19 said it was even better than we ever thought it could be. <laughs> and all these stations are going overboard about how great it was and trying to sell it. It's like they're all with the, they, they work for um, Taylor. But I guess uh, I will tell you, the party continues for me, Dan, because I'm actually in Blue Ash, where a female rock band called Plush. Have you heard of them? Um, um, they're all female rockers. I'm not they sure that I have. They would all the you-know-what out of Taylor Swift. If they, if they all got in a room <laughs> together and had a girl fight, Taylor, Taylor would be in big trouble with this band called Plush. Um, and uh, they're all like 16 to 20 years old. They're going to be rocking out the, the blue ash, red, white, and blue. I had to go up there, and I watched their sound check, and they were really rocking it. To tell you about well, that's Taylor, cool. though, That's man, very cool. I like they, that. It's very cool. It's free. You don't have to pay $7,000 for a ticket, right? Beautiful. Um, I just was I was just blown away. And uh, and then Collective Soul is going to follow them at Blue Ash. And then, of course, one of the biggest fireworks displays anywhere. Um, so Blue Ash is the place to be, and it's free. But, you know, Dan, I, I met this woman who drove all the way from Madison, Wisconsin, to bring her 10-year-old spoiled daughter to the, um, to the concert. And uh, she admitted to me that she had gone online the day those concerts went out um, on the Internet. She spent. She said, oh, I pretended like I was working for eight hours. She for spent crying out loud. She spent an entire day wow. to try to buy tickets. They got them for 150 bucks a piece. She said, oh, we just went online. Um, they're, they're reselling for 1500 Now, if she were really a, a good parent, what she would have done is said, hey, kid, this is the supply and demand. We're going to make a bunch of money here. We're going to make, you know, $4,500 on, on, on these tickets. I'll buy you any Taylor Swift, you know, album you want or the whole collection, and we're going to save all that money. But instead... They went to the concert. They they had a couple nights in a hotel. They bought a hundred fifty dollars worth of uh, merchandise from you know 
those T-shirts and stuff. I don't, did you see the line for that, by the way? I, I saw pictures of it. I, uh, thankfully, uh, I, I stayed away from it. And, you know, we had Steve Mooring on from the, uh, from the Holy, uh, from the Holy Grail. And he was talking about yeah. what a great weekend it was and how people like me were stupid for staying away from downtown Cincinnati that weekend. It was insane. But I, I yeah. will say, um, it was the happiest group of people I've ever seen stand in a line in my life. <laughs> <laughs> they were all just like, you know, just real peaceful. Where we're hugging. So there, it wasn't like it was a, a time to go downtown where you were going to get, you know, beaten up or somebody's going to throw a beer bottle at you or something. Like, it was the most calm, happy group of overdressed people. And, and Dan, you know, I, I'll admit it. I'm like five seven, a buck sixty, right? I am not the kind of guy to go out in public wearing a muscle shirt, like a you know, like a, a wife beater kind of shirt. Or Suns out, guns out. Come on, buddy. Muscle. Come on, That's come on. That's not me. That's not me. Come on, old so field. I would just like all all of the all of the girls who wish they looked like Taylor Swift, but do not have no business wearing those little tiny mini skirts oh boy. falling out of their tops. Oh boy. When they're like, it's a mess. Bless their hearts. You know, I can't do it. I, I can't try to look like Arnold Schwarzenegger. They can't look like Taylor Swift. So why do you try? Uh, that, that's a good question. So uh, you spent two days covering uh, what was happening all around the Taylor Swift concert. Were you able to step mm -hmm. foot inside the stadium on all? What was the security like around there? I'm sure it had oh, to be tight really as a drum. <laughs> well, here's the deal. Um, you couldn't even, if people are familiar with downtown, you know, there, there's like the, um, the, the, the Belgian waffle place. And then there's another little restaurant on the corner there. They pretty much had that whole area locked down. You couldn't even get up to like the gates where you would normally go through to get ticketing. Cause we were going to do a live shot there and they said, sorry, you don't have a ticket. You don't have a credential. We couldn't even get, you know, 50 feet away from the, the gates to get in. How about that? Um, that's how, that's how tight it was. Media my, people get I, no I, respect. I a, you get no respect. Yeah. 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 And I had, I had my spectrum gear on. I had my, my, my shirt. I had my baseball cap. I was all good to go. My camera guy didn't have anything. And I, I brought all the gear and they wouldn't let him through. Um, and, uh, they said, well, how do we know you really work for a TV station? I said, well, do you see all the camera gear right in front of you? <laughs> Trust me. No, so, and then, no yeah, one and goes then, carrying that stuff then, around for fun. It is not fun lugging right, all that right. stuff around. Yeah. No, no. And, and then, and then on top of all that, because there were 30,000 people at the, at the red stadium and, and 60 plus thousand there, the cell signals didn't work. We couldn't really even get a decent live shot out anyway. And I heard some of the other stations had issues with that. That's why if you were watching coverage, a lot of people were doing it from over in Covington because yeah. they could get a better signal out. Right. That makes was, sense. Um, yeah. It it was insane. It would, but everybody was nice to me. As much as I wanted to hate all of it, everybody was nice. I felt really bad for the dads um, who were there, and, and, and they had to watch their wives. Many of the wives were like Amy Poehler's character in Mean Girl. Do you remember that uh, yeah, character? She yeah. was like, I'm the cool mom. There were lots of oh, cool boy. moms like, oh, trying boy. to look like their daughters, and um, it was a mess. Bless their hearts. Again, they were all nice to me. I don't want people to think I'm being too mean. Um, but I'm just saying it was, it was a mess. So were, were your live shots wrapped up before the show started? Did you have to hang around for the aftermath and did you get Thankfully, to experience no. any of the, uh, any of the, the Taylor Swift, uh, musical offerings? <laughs> 
Um, I, for the record, I could not name a single Taylor Swift song, and All I right. still can't name a single <laughs> Taylor Swift song. Um, I did see a couple people, and I'm not, I'm not kidding, a couple people, like, moved to tears. Like, they were so excited to be a part of the whole thing. They were walking back over the bridge, hugging and crying. I mean, That's it was impressive. like, I guess, you know, they, they keep saying nobody's going to church anymore. I guess the closest thing a lot of these people have to church now is somebody like Taylor Swift. Um, cause they looked like it, it was like a revival would have been in the 1920s or something. How about that? Know? Well, she's a, she's a huge star, man. I mean, it's a, it, it's a big deal when someone, but you're right about the, uh, the, the local TV stations, because, you know, when I get ready for this show, uh, one thing I do is I look at five, nine, 12 and 19. I look at all their websites and, <clears throat> and see if there's anything local that's going on. That's important that I need to talk about. And it was essentially it was wall to wall coverage all of Taylor, of all Taylor Swift all the time. Yeah, I mean, they, yeah. They, they big I, pictures, I, I, little pictures, uh, in, in between pictures, yeah. all kinds of pictures on there. Well, you know, and, and when you have parents who will do anything to make their kids happy, which is a lot of these parents who were there, they were spending all that money. Um, a lot of people took advantage of them. My garage in Covington, which is always twenty dollars to park for, like the Reds or the or the Bengals or anything, was twenty five mysteriously for this thing. So I called it the Taylor tax. <laughs> and a lot of places were up in the price on everything with that Taylor tax because they knew these parents were thrilled to pay it because they just wanted to have their little dog. Daughter, you know, have the the moment of her life. Yeah, and uh, Taylor Swift. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure they didn't have any problem. Again, I, I was I was hearing that uh, some places were charging seventy or eighty bucks to park. Yes, yes. Yeah. Twenty five was considered a bargain. Twenty five, twenty five uh, was a yeah, deal. Oh How about that? How about yeah, that? Th there you go. All right. So we're in the uh, wrong business, Dan. So oh, well. yeah, no kidding. We sh we should have been uh, we should have been <laughs> pop singers. So so all in all, uh, yeah. a, a good experience. Are you glad you got to do it? Well, I, I'll tell you what, there, there was a street musician that I talked to who goes to everything in Cincinnati, and he said it's the biggest crowd he's seen, and he said, but I can't believe it, everybody is so nice. And that's, that you, you, I wanted to hate it, but I have to say, overall, I'm, I was impressed with how everybody acted, and, and there was a good vibe in the city. Go figure. Yeah, I, well, I mean, everything that I saw related to it looked like, uh, I mean, when you have... When you have uh, three games for the Reds, uh, each and one of them a sellout, two nights of Taylor Swift, two nights of sold-out stadiums at uh, Paycor, there was actually another musical event that was happening at the Brady Center, which is right there yep. uh, tucked in uh, right below Paycor Stadium. And then you have a sold-out TQL Stadium for the soccer game, all that going on in one weekend. That's a huge weekend in Cincinnati. And uh, by all accounts, it all came off without a hitch. So that's... Uh, that's a feather feather in the cap for the uh, for the town that we live in, and I think all I in totally all, I think agree. that that's a good thing for everyone involved. Yeah, and she only came to Cincinnati. There was nothing else in Ohio, Kentucky, or Indiana. And the way it went, from what I've been hearing, she'll be back. Yeah, and uh, and you and you said one thing that uh, you talked to people who drove here from Wisconsin. It, it, the the number of people who came here from out of town, I think, is big, and I think that's the sort of thing that leads to uh, future economic activity. When you have these people, hey, I had a great time in Cincinnati, and uh, in the future they're oh, likely yeah. to come back. Yeah, and I've traveled to 40 countries and all and 45 U.S. states, Stan, and I will tell you, our riverfront now with that Smale Park and the banks, as many years as it took to get that banks to work. Remember how many stories we did over a 10-year period oh, about oh. how messed up the banks was? I can't, I, can't keep, now, I can't keep track of them all, yeah. Oh, yeah. 
but it's now one of the coolest riverfronts anywhere in the country, anywhere in the world. I really gen genuinely think that. It made me proud to be in Cincinnati just from the way the whole city looked, the, the way you could walk from Covington over to the concert. It was just, it was, it was cool. So yeah. I, I felt proud to be a Cincinnati person. All right. On, on another note, uh, I guess Indiana Jones opened this past weekend. And I'm reading story after story about Indiana Jones, a, a complete flop. They they were hoping yeah. to have, I guess, a giant opening in China and did maybe 50 million or 60 million. Uh, the, or no, 2.3 million in China. And this is considered wow. this is considered a complete disaster for Disney. And uh, you've got that. I guess there's another Disney property called Crater that is being canceled. I guess that was a streaming show on one of the services, a $50 million investment there. That's being canceled after seven wow. weeks. And that's on top of, uh, I guess, Element was another one of their movies that flopped. Uh, how, how, how much longer can Disney keep up this record of losses before they start doing something different? It's a major problem. And as much as I love Harrison Ford, and I, I don't want to be a name dropper, but I've interviewed him probably a half dozen times. Uh -huh. Um, I, I think they, they could have realized, you know, that the franchise is over. And I, I think I blame Disney for being greedy and thinking they can just truck out the same thing. You know, they've had that playbook that they just, with their movies, they just re-release them every 20 years and everybody would get excited about it. And I think they thought, oh, we'll just do another, you know, Harrison Ford movie will be, will be set to go rather than looking for some really interesting new thing, because in their minds, it's much safer to uh, to just bring out something that has worked before, but I think it was lazy. I think it was miscalculated, and they're going to definitely pay the price. Yeah, is that is that what you think it is? They just went to that well uh, one too many times. E easily, yeah, yeah, and that that's their whole you know modus operandi. And before you had the streaming services, if you remember, their movies you couldn't really get on TV or you couldn't get anywhere, and then they would do a big release and they would sell um, you know gazillions of dvds or gazillions of vhs back in the day and then they would tuck it away for another 10 or 15 years and they just have to realize the world's changed and the people have moved on and they need some fresh new stuff yeah it's uh i mean uh, but look i mean do even though they take a hit like this i mean they're so big and so powerful is it really is it it's got to be like water off their back right or is it, is it getting to the point to where they're starting to notice this a little bit? It's a good question. I think they are because I've been hearing through the grapevine that they're going to be another round of layoffs at Disney. Oh, boy. Um, so I, I think they are taking a hit. At the same time, um, any profit is a profit. It's just not as big a profit as they would like, maybe. But, you know, a, a 40 or $50 million profit on something – ultimately is isn't the hundred million they were hoping for but it's still a 40 million dollar profit right so yeah. that's the thing i think that always when when they're saying the sky's falling really when you think of it well you're just not making you know as much money as you did before but you're still turning some kind of profit yeah uh, a couple of months ago it seemed like roseanne Barr was on the comeback trail is that over for her now i'm re i'm reading right now where she's been blacklisted by youtube and uh, apparently yes. she made some some I guess some anti-Semitic comments over the weekend or something like that, and said said the, I, said something I, about the Holocaust you, didn't I, happen. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky. Lucky in line at the deli, I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office. 
More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I just saw those headlines, and I saw I have a lot of Hollywood type friends on on Facebook, and I and a lot of them have have gotten rid of me because of my political leanings over the past couple of years. Mm-hmm. But the ones who haven't, I keep them just because I like to see. And she's the most trending thing right now on all my social media. They're like, you know, people felt like they gave her another chance, but this is this is it for her. And um, I, I don't know what exactly she said. I don't I don't want to repeat something that might be wrong. Right. But but the, but what I am seeing is the reaction to what she said. And that seems to be the sentiment as well. We thought we could give her another chance. You may remember when she sang that horrible version of the um, Star Spangled Banner in oh, yeah. San Diego. Absolutely. Um, and she somehow came back from that. You know, that would have canceled her if that had happened in this day and age. And then she had the whole thing with her show where she lost her show. And I think some people felt like maybe that had gone too far. But this, whatever this is now, this could be it. Yeah, it's uh, it, it, what a waste. What what a waste of uh, of perfectly good talent. So uh, that, that that's yeah. a shame that that's and, happening. And I will but... say, I will say she was the meanest person I've ever interviewed. Really? She was not nice at all. I took in a, a picture, a publicity picture and a Sharpie and put it under my chair because my sister loved her. And I was going to ask her for my uh, for her autograph for my sister. And I was so angry. By the end of the interview, I just picked up the picture and Sharpie and walked out. How about that? I wasn't going to stoop to ask her for an autograph. So she was a miserable human being when I when I interviewed her. Um, so I do think she has talent. But, um, yeah, she's gotten herself in trouble before. Yeah, definitely. All right. Steve Oldfield. I appreciate you checking Thank in you. And, and giving us an update on your uh, Taylor Swift experience. And, yes, uh, and, yes. and it's, it's going to be tough to top that, don't you think? <laughs> I, I would agree very much. But if, if you're anywhere near Blue Ash, go listen to some free music, get some fireworks. It's a beautiful night out here. And I'd encourage everybody to support some local um, concert things like that. What's the name of that band again? Um, ah. Um, plush is the plush. Okay, band. there yeah. you go. Plush, a- outstanding. Plush. Steve Oldfield, thanks for plush. checking in. You have a great uh, rest of your uh, week, and uh, and we will talk again soon, my friend. Awesome, thank you. All right, there you go, Steve Oldfield, and uh, love talking to that guy. He does a great job on all that stuff. It is five twenty-five. Break coming up. News bottom of the hour, and then uh, we'll maybe squeeze in a few of your phone calls if you feel like picking up the phone. Five one three seven four nine seven thousand one eight hundred. The big one. Dan Carroll for Eddie and Rocky. On 700 WLW. Did you know that if you miss any part of our shows, you can catch the podcast of that show on the iHeartRadio app? Did you also know there's a psychological disorder called boanthropy that makes people believe they're a cow? Which I guess would be handy if you enjoy a fresh glass of milk while listening to our podcast. I got nipples. Can you milk me? What a career paying 50, 60... Back on the big one, 700 WLW, 538 on this Independence Day, 4th of July. And uh, one thing I always like to do is play this clip from the movie Independence Day. And uh, Con Man, do we have that ready? I should have asked it before he came on. But uh, let's uh, let's play it. Let's hear it. One of my all-time favorite movies. Here we go. Major. 
Good morning. Good morning. In less than an hour, aircraft from here will join others from around the world. And you will be launching the largest aerial battle in the history of mankind. Mankind, that word should have new meaning for all of us today. We can't be consumed by our petty differences anymore. We will be united in our common interests. Perhaps it's fate that today is the 4th of July. And you will once again be fighting for our freedom. Not from tyranny, oppression, or persecution. But from annihilation. We're fighting for our right to live. To exist. And should we win the day, the 4th of July will no longer be known as an American holiday. But as the day when the world declared in one voice, we will not go quietly into the night. We will not vanish without a fight. We're going to live on. We're going to survive. Today, we celebrate our Independence Day. There you go. To my way of thinking, it's not 4th of July, it's not Independence Day, <clears throat> without hearing that clip from uh, one of my all-time favorite movies. And uh, one of my all-time favorite guests is Scott Powell, and he's written a, uh, a piece called July 4th, A Hollow Celebration. <clears throat> and it goes a little something like this. Too many Americans underappreciate the meaning of holidays such as July 4th, also known as Independence Day. While some connect fireworks with the firing of cannons in the Revolutionary War, most forget that when the 56 members of the Continental Congress agreed to put pen to parchment and affirm the Declaration of Independence on July 4, 1776, all knew that being a signatory put a death threat on their heads as a traitor to Britain. The War of Independence was into its second year by July 1776. George Washington's ragtag colonial army was about half the size of the highly trained professional British Army and the German mercenary troops fighting for the English. Additionally, Washington's army was undertrained, under-equipped, and underfunded. The naval mismatch was even greater at the outset of the war. In the first year of the war, the Continental Navy had less than 10 converted merchant ships, while British, uh, the British amassed 250 dedicated warships concentrated along the coastline and in ports between the Delaware Bay and Boston. Things appeared grim indeed for the Patriot cause. The last sentence of the Declaration of Independence before the space allotted for signatures reads, For the support of this declaration, with a firm reliance on the protection of divine providence, we mutually pledge to each other our lives, our fortunes, and our sacred honor. Indeed, July 4, for those founders, was a serious and somber occasion. As we think about July 4th, we should remember that, the America, that America was the first nation in the human history to establish a free and independent constitutional republic based on two political and moral principles. First, the government was required 
to protect its subjects, unalienable God-given freedoms and rights, which would be later formalized in the Constitution's Bill of Rights. Second, it was the first country to establish that the legitimacy for government resides exclusively in the people who would elect their leaders. Modern Americans need to remember that prior nations around the world for thousands of years were undemocratic and hierarchical, with rulers and their inner, and their inner circles at the top having the power and privileges while people at the bottom had few rights. Before America was established, freedom and rights as we understand and experience them simply did not exist. We must never forget the courage, determination, and godly principles that were necessary to establish the United States. General George Washington was in New York preparing its defense when on July 6, 1776, a courier from Philadelphia arrived to deliver a copy of the Declaration of Independence that had been agreed upon by the Continental Congress just two days before. There were just two signatures on that document. John Hancock, President of the Continental Congress, and the Secretary, Charles Thomas. Because the odds of prevailing against British were so low and the penalty for treason was death, it had been decided not to reveal the identities of the other 54 signators of the Declaration. Less than six months later, however, after Washington had back-to-back victories defeating British forces in Trenton, New Jersey, and the day after Christmas, 1776, and then routing the British in nearby Princeton eight days later, the Continental Congress perceived that a trend towards victory had begun and decided to release the 56 signatures uh, signature declaration and distribute it throughout the colonies. <clears throat> As it turned out, Washington would lose more battles than he won, but he persisted five more years never doubting the Patriot cause. A myriad of developments that only Providence could have arranged made Washington's final victory at Yorktown possible in 1781. In retrospect, that was more remarkable, or what was more remarkable, was not the reversal of odds resulting in the American military victory, but rather the spiritual power of the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution which established that the rights of the people came from God and not the state, and that the sovereign powers of the state would be shaped and limited by those unalienable rights of the citizens. When God was progressively driven out of American culture starting 60-odd years ago, that void was filled with false idols and divisive influences such as cultural Marxism and critical race theory. Little wonder that the average Americans today feel demoralized and confused about the self-destructive direction of the country. A corrupt ruling elite in America seems to have neither respect for the people's welfare nor the Constitution that served previous generations of Americans so well. Everything can change if Americans align their interests with God and the attendant principles that good will triumph over evil and truth, over lies. Just as success followed the resolve expressed on July 4th, 1776, we too can tap into the same unstoppable power that enabled the founders to overcome impossible odds. 
coming full circle from the opening observation that many have insufficient appreciation for the meaning of or the meaning behind holidays when the term holiday originally came into usage it was synonymous with holy day july 4th is truly an american holy day for all the reasons described it is axiomatic that most everyone resists others seeking to deny or take valuable possessions away from them. Let's make this July 4th a day of celebration of our founding ideals, but also make it a day of renewed commitment to engage and wake up everyone we know that it's time to resist creeping tyranny and reclaim precious possessions, our freedoms and rights. It's time to become active in the Patriot cause Knowing that just as the sun comes up in the east, persistence, courage, and truth of our cause are the sword and the shield that assure victory. And that is the piece written by Scott Powell um, of the Discovery Institute. And, of course, his book is Rediscovering America. And he's been on this show many times. And then what I like about him is that he always writes about the various holidays and talks about how important they are. And uh, when you think about the, those 56 who signed the Declaration of Independence, knowing full well that they were sentencing themselves possibly to death, because as soon as they saw that, or as soon as the king saw that, well, that's what was going to happen. These individuals would be sought out, and many of them were, and uh, they lost their fortunes. Many of them lost their families, lost their homes, all the rest of it. And they pledged to each other uh, their lives, their fortunes, and their sacred honor, and they meant it. And it, it is a far cry from the leadership that we experience today in Washington, D.C., and uh, I think everybody knows that. So that is uh, a pretty good way, I think, to wrap up uh, this particular program. Uh, thanks to the words of Scott Powell and the meaning of uh, of July 4th. And what the, those Americans really went through. And just how impossible the odds were that they would succeed, that they would prevail in their cause. And when you think about it, he makes the point that uh, the, the only way really to look at it is that the hand of God came down and made things happen that worked in the in the favor of the uh, of the revolutionaries, the Americans at that time. And you think about how outnumbered they were and the lives that were lost and what they were up against and how it ever it really is a miracle. When you think about how this country was founded and the shape that we, uh, that this country is in today, when you talk about the political leadership and it, and it, and it's not just because I disagree with the guy who's in the white house right now, but, uh, decades and decades of horrible political leadership and just, uh, really overlooking the things that are important and, I hope you have a great 4th of July holiday and just take a little time during the fireworks tonight to remember the things that are important, the things that matter most. That's going to do it for me. Chad Brendel's coming up next, and uh, he's going to have a little sports talk, talk about the Great Reds victory today 
and uh, I'm sure some other sports as well. Because the Reds, well, right now, they're the main game in town. And they are rocking and rolling. And there's Reds baseball again tomorrow night. want to thank Connor Lowe Miller, all my guests, and everyone who was listening and called in. Until next time, I'm Dan Carroll on the home of the Reds, 700 WLW. Hey, hey. They're hardballing in D.C. Jonathan India does it again. Your Red Legs lock up with the Nationals for a doozy on the diamond. High and very deep to right and way out of here. Ken Bell's boys rock the capital. This is fun baseball. Get the call live from Nationals Park tomorrow at 6.05. On 700 WLW and 700 WLW's live stream on the iHeartRadio app. Hey, hey. Shopping for new blinds? At Blindster, we offer over 50 different blinds, shades, and shutters at low prices, custom made for your windows, and shipping is free. And right now... Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.